0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Network. Network.
1: All right, this is Juice Robinson, and you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style. You better
0: keep listening. We're at WrestleCon having a blast. Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here, alongside the young boy Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be discussing the first four nights of the Super Junior Tag League, the road to power struggle, and all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts And columns over at Socialsuplex.com Go to socialsuplex.com Forward slash subscribe To sign up to get all the podcasts and columns Delivered directly into your Email inbox Alright young boy It's time to talk about Road to Power Struggle Super Junior Tag League All that good stuff Yeah man so Uh
1: Right before we were about to record, I was like, yo, you good? You, you sound kind of tired. And he was like, yeah, I'm good. And then we come through, welcome <laughs> the Keeping It Strong style. And I was like, oh, my God. What happened to like, that. You came through Gorilla and, like, your your music hit and, like, the, the pyro went and you just got hyped or something.
0: Yeah, dude. Red, red light came on and I was like, <laughs> showtime.
1: <laughs> Producers were like, go, go, go. Um yeah, man. I'm doing good, though. Like, uh, obviously, I, I feel a lot better than last week. Sickness was trying to bury me.
0: Yeah, man. You know, you, you overcame. I, I, you, I, I do no jobs. You kicked out at two.
1: I, I, I kicked out at one. <laughs> no, that's not true. I, I, I powdered for a while. I was, I was, you you know, using smoke and mirrors. You, you were in a sleeper hole
0: The ref raised your hand.
1: Oh I was, I was definitely, I was definitely utilizing rest holds. <laughs> Two. And I wasn't even working them. I was just sitting in them for long periods of time. <laughs> I was so sick.
0: Uh, but
1: yeah, things things are going better. Um, I'm excited for this show. Uh, I just peeled this uh, one in four wins instantly sticker off my soda beverage here. I apparently I won fifty ticket or fifty entry tokens. Uh, I don't know what this gimmick even means. I, I don't know. They're, I think they're working you. This feels like a like some sort. So of- So you can buy more food. I like it when it's Monopoly and it's like, you know, you get a little. You get the railroad. Get a little railroad or something. You know what the deal is with right. this? It's like you want fifty entry tokens, collect and use tokens to, ent- to enter into daily sweeps. I'm like, no, that's more work. I'm not doing that <laughs> at all.
0: Uh, a yeah, terrible
1: man. idea. I'm not doing that. But I'm excited, man. We got a lot of news. We got a lot of stuff going on. This uh, Super Junior tag uh, block is just on fire. I mean, <laughs> G1 who? <laughs> Best of the Super Juniors who? Oh, man. This is, this is the new premiere tournament in New Japan Pro Wrestling, I'll tell you what. <laughs> no, it's been good, though, yeah. uh, and I'm excited.
0: Yeah, so before we dive into that, uh, we got a bunch of questions I want to Uh, answer first
1: from the marks
0: (laughs) from the simple marks no but uh, no I mean these guys are awesome Uh, so starting off with the reddit questions uh, reddit user muzza underscore 44 has a little bit of an easier question for us this week Uh, his first question if you guys could have one wrestler have one more singles title run who would it be does not matter about what title Uh, he asks to choose between Yuji Nagata Satoshi Kojima and Togi Makabe I,
1: do, I mean, I don't know that I'd want to see any of them hold another belt realistically. Um, I don't know. Like lat, Was it last year when we got the Tenkoji uh, IWGP title run? The tag team title run? or was that, that was last year, right? They had a short little run in the beginning. Of I think it year. was, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Kojima got a little run, and I, I remember... Um, Nagata got a little never title run during the Shibata era two years ago I really don't want to see Makabe with a belt <laughs> um, I don't know I mean I, I gotta be honest with you like that's not really appealing to me but if I was gonna choose somebody I guess I'd have to say Nagata um, but nothing that was actual sub- actually substantial um, I don't know maybe a six man tag run
0: Hmm. Maybe a tag team title? I don't know. Well, he said singles. Singles oh, title. It's got to be a singles title. Yeah He said one more singles title run. Uh, I wasn't listening.
1: Um yeah, let's put the never title on on uh you know, on Nagata.
0: I'm also going to go with the never title, but we, we you already know, I'm going to put it on uh, my boy, Satoshi Kojima. <laughs> Bread Club 4444 four, 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 <laughs> life. <laughs> Dude, I'm waiting for the Bread Club Bullet Club shirt to come out, man. You know
1: what? When I'm not gonna lie though, when um, when Shibata was doing that storyline with the New Japan dads, I was really like looking forward to him having a match with Kojima, and it never happened. And so, I'm not I'm not opposed to that either. I mean, honest, like I said, I really don't want to see a, a title run for any of these guys. I, yeah. I think they're past that, but uh, I wouldn't be a, opposed to Kojima, you know, busting out some Western lariats.
0: Yes. Sure. I'm all about that. (laughs) And the second part of his question, he says, will Chris Jericho make any more appearances for New Japan after Wrestle Kingdom?
1: Oh, um, well, we got... There's rumors. (laughs) (laughs) There's some rumors concerning Chris Jericho and his status with uh, the wrestling world. And, yeah, it remains to be seen. I mean, my gut instinct is, yes, we will, because... In my opinion, Jericho has somewhat burned a bridge with WWE at this point, seems like. I'm not saying like he's never like he's not I'm not saying he's like CM Punk status, but uh doesn't seem like like he's going to be work I mean he wasn't at Smackdown 1000, you know.
0: Right, and he's he's not on the next Saudi show, uh, Crown Jewel. He didn't work Australia. Yeah. And you would imagine like they're
1: they're You know, they're pulling in Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, and Triple H, like, you would think they'd probably want to get Jericho, so, I mean, where else Jericho gonna work? Where else can Jericho get the kind of money that he's making in New Japan other than WWE? I gotta assume, yeah, we're gonna see him again. I think, I think we weren't sure before because the whole relationship with WWE, now that that's out the window, I'm like... Yeah, I, I assume we will
0: continue to see Jericho Right, I mean, unless, you know, we'll talk about the rumors later Unless those are true, I don't know But, I mean, honestly, I don't see anywhere else I mean, it's, it's pretty much New Japan or WWE And like you said, like the WWE, you know, door is kind of closed right now So I would assume that he would continue to make shots for New Japan
1: Yeah, good questions
0: uh, 408 has another question. He says, "Do you think Don Callis turning on Kenny Omega in Winnipeg has anything to do with Don not calling any recent New Japan shows?" Um, so if you are haven't seen this on Twitter yet, uh, Kenny Omega was wrestling at a local Winnipeg indie promotion this weekend, um, last Friday, and Don Callis came out and cut this whole promo on him and pretty much ran him down. Um, you know saying, you know, what is the IWGP champion doing on his day off wrestling in this little dive bar in front of all these marks and um, and just ran Kenny down. So, you know, the only reason why um, he's a champion because he Begged his friend Chris Jericho to wrestle him, goes on and on, buries Kenny, then he just hits him with the microphone, jumps him, and there's a whole beat down. I haven't seen the full segment because on Twitter. They've what, got it up now. Yeah, it's online. Yeah, the whole the full like 15 minute segment's up. We've only seen like two minutes. Oh, but what we saw ended with Don, you know, putting the boots to Kenny. Uh, but do you think any of that has to do with Don not uh, being at New Japan?
1: Uh. To some degree, yeah. I mean, I got to say before we even answer this question, so, you know, what was that, Saturday morning? Yeah. Saturday morning, Jeremy's like, yo, Josh, you got to see this. And he started showing me this, and I was like, what in the blue? I was like, what is this? And I was like, who's that guy? Because that dude that I saw get beat up, that guy cannot be the (laughs) IWGP heavyweight champion. Like... Dude, that is not a good look for Kenny Omega. I'm not. I'm not like downing him for his gear or whatever. I mean, I get it. Like it's a homage, and he wears it when he works Winnipeg and all that. But the stuff Don Callis said about like you're the IWGP Champion. Why are you showing up here and like working this little dive? I'm like, yeah. Why are you doing that? Like it's I. I don't know. This just to me, like watching the the footage and stuff. I was like. This is a if I was New Japan and my champion made got made to look like that, was working the show and wearing that gear, I would I'd be livid, bro. (laughs) I'd be livid. Like it's so low rent, it's so like it's it just I don't know. Like, can you imagine a big star doing that? Like, now if he showed up like as Kenny Omega, full gear, and he and he's and he he makes a a, a spot appearance somewhere, whatever. That's one thing. But like, this literally looked like, you know, the the dude that was in Ring of Honor, like, you know, in two thousand six or whatever. It looks the it dude shooting like,
0: Hadoukens.
1: Yeah, it looked like <laughs> it looked like DDT like Kenny Omega. I was like, this guy looks like a a little geek right now showing up here I was like this is not the guy I want representing my company
0: <laughs> seriously when Kenny o- I know you were like dude I'll have Okada get the belt back immediately <laughs> bro, bro if I was Gato I'd
1: call Gato back in or I'd call uh, Okada back in I'm like yo you ready to run the dome one more time <laughs> <laughs> we already know that they already had three five star matches this year might as well do it again um I mean, I get, it's whatever, like, you know, there's probably people listening to this who think like, oh, you know, are being too critical, it's like a fun little thing, and I'm like, nah, screw that. <laughs> Kenny Omega is supposed to be one of the biggest stars in the world, he looked like a little joke, I mean, bro, Don Callis was beating him up.
0: He was selling for
1: Don Callis. He was Calo. selling for Don Callis. <laughs> if this is like Kenny's idea of changing the wrestling world, like... You can miss me with that. I love saying you can miss me with that. Like, I hear everybody else say it. It's freaking funny. <laughs> but, um... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, like... Kenny That's, not Le- it, <laughs> That's not it, chief. That's not it. Kenny Omega, sideline. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, but uh,
1: but yeah, I think I think um, them doing a very public split between him and Don Callis does have to do with the fact that Don is not going to be calling uh, the action in New Japan because the whole idea of Don Callis being his personal Bobby the Brain Heenan is the fact that you know he's trying to get this guy over. If he's not in that role anymore, what better way to utilize the relationship than to create? You know, an angle where there's where there's like a uh, an issue between the two guys. So I think, yeah, it absolutely has everything to do with the fact that Don Callis will not be calling New Japan action any longer.
0: Yeah, and you know the whole, and we kind of talked about it last week. You know, he had to cancel the last uh, three nights of the G1 to do Impact. And I guess New Japan was not happy with that, you know, that he hasn't been called back, you know, he's been busy with Impact, but, you know, he says, you know, nobody has reached out to him to do anything else.
1: Yeah, and I'm um, Kenny Omega basically said to Don, like, he tweeted Don Callis uh, over this weekend and said that he'd see him on the cruise.
0: So this, this all could have been th- just an angle for the cruise. That's what it is. They're yeah. building.
1: They're building to something on the cruise that that's why Chris Jericho was mentioned, and you know that's what 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 all this is really about. So, yeah. um, I did think it was funny when Don Callis was like, "Only three wrestlers in the history of Winnipeg ever met anything to, <laughs> to wrestling." He was like Roddy Piper, Chris Jericho, and, and by God, <laughs> Don Callis. He's like anyone else is just a pretender. And I was like, that's pretty funny. 20. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean yeah, I don't I don't know, but like I think I think Kenny should not be showing up wearing that gear anywhere at this point. Like it's super low rent. But uh yeah. That happened this weekend.
0: Uh 4008 also asks, Who do you see as future IWGP champions?
1: Hmm. That's a, uh,
0: that's a great question. I think for me, and we've kind of talked about this a couple days ago, I think the one guy for sure that on the roster right now I could see holding the championship in the future is Zach Sabre Jr. Did we say that on the air? I think that was just you and me talking. That's what I'm saying. We talked about it oh, the other day. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Zach is a guy that I'm
1: like, I won't be surprised if next year he holds the title with the kind of push that they've given him. Um, I mean... You know they might just be setting him up as like a a dangerous gaijin and maybe he won't get a tower run. but it's it feels like
0: the way he ran through those aces in the new japan cup come on man they're setting him up for that
1: the, the guys that off the top of my head that i could see as being future iwgp champions um definitely zach sabre jay white mmm I, I, I think there's no doubt Jay White's going to be a champion and um, if he ever signs a contract Kota Ibushi should be an IWGP. Yeah champion. I mean
0: that, that was, that's the only reason I even say Bushi is like who knows what his contract stats is going to be but if, if they could get some commitment from him I would oh, strap the rocket on him put the belt on him ASAP. Um, other than that, it's just really speculation. Yeah, I mean, far, far future. Mopped up my dog Suzy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe
1: I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Like I'm, I never know. Like with young lions, right? It's gonna turn out. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking like. I could I want to say I wouldn't really be surprised if Hiromu Takahashi is an yeah. IWGP champion eventually. Yeah. Um that's like the only other guy that I feel really confident naming at this point. Um the rest of them I, I, anybody could hypothetically, I guess, you know, Juice or something like that, but yeah, those are those would be my four picks: It'd be Hiromu, Zack Sabre, Kota Ibushi, and Jay, I think it's inevitable
0: Jay White's going to hold the title. Yeah. All right, uh, Reddit user Mouserat he says, "Is the chaos Mouserat Maser- Mouserat oh. Maserati? Maserati- <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this." Uh, he says, "Is the chaos faction going to disband or recover and even recruit?"
1: What do you think? I don't
0: know. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, uh, they well, they haven't disbanded quite yet. I think for the remainder of the year, I think they're gonna they're gonna stick together. Uh, his next question kind of plays into what can possibly happen. He says, where they, where could they be going with Okada and Tanahashi storyline that they have going on? Going back to the previous question, is it possible they form a newer, better faction out of the Chaos faction that is currently in Chaos? I mean, yeah, I guess it's
1: possible. Um, I don't know. Like, I really well, don't
0: know. Well, this is something we kind of talked about the other day, too. Like, you know, what if, you know, Okada and Tanahashi, they team up, and then, like, they get the guys that, like, Tanahashi's been trying to, like, recruit, like, you know, Tanahashi's been saying Yoshihashi needs his guidance, he's been trying to get Kota Ibushi under his wing as well, so, like, a stable of, like, Okada, Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, uh, Yoshihashi, and, you know, somebody else that, you know, they have their eyes on.
1: I mean, yeah, that sounds all well and good, but then think about it. You're gonna run a stable with Tanahashi, Okada, and Ibushi. That's freaking unfair. Like, <laughs> that's, the, that's.
0: I don't think that they're actually Th- gonna... three-man power trip.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then they and then they got like Yoshihashi to balance it out to keep them the, all the fall guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that sounds kind of ridiculous to me. I don't see that being realistic at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more so the thing with Tanahashi reaching out to like Ibushi and reaching out to Yoshihashi is it's, and we'll talk about it when we review the Road to Power Struggle, but they talk about it, how it's his way of playing mind games to get to Okada when they wrestled and to get to, excuse me, Kenny Omega when they wrestled. Um, so I'm not reading it more into that than, than anything else. I mean, could they... Could Tanahashi be forming his own faction? Maybe, but I mean, Okada and Tanahashi both in the same faction—the Mega Aces—I can see them being a tag team, yeah, but not a faction. Who's the leader? That would be a terrible idea. Then they're gonna—they're—they're they're just gonna fight each other. Might as well just keep them separate. Like, it's not even that compelling a story. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as chaos goes, I've been saying that they need to break up for a while. I'm—I'm I'm just. I, I don't like the story the
0: stable's been been around for a long time now it's not even just that like
1: i had that um criticism way before this storyline even became something you know what i mean right at the time i was saying that jay white was the only interesting thing that was going on in chaos and the rest of it you know was kind of just con you know there's no point now that jay has kind of left and gone off and done his own thing and left and everyone else is in shambles i'm like I'm just over it. Like, I don't like the story. I I really don't. uh, I could care less about what happens to Chaos. They're not Chaos anymore. Chaos were heels, okay? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Bro, they were. They were a great heel stable, and they don't really serve a purpose. It's just a mishmash of guys that... Are kind of connected I do feel like they need to just split up I don't even think they need to
0: turn I mean honestly I mean besides multi-man matches they really don't act as a faction or as a unit really right so it's a waste
1: of our time and energy to even discuss them or or anything they Mm -hmm. don't do anything Uh,
0: then his last question any advice for someone who's working on their own wrestling review channel he says currently I got some hot garbage uploaded to twitch lol uh i mean my advice for you man is uh, just be consistent just put out you know not hot gar- hot garbage but you know good content consistently week after week and just gonna slowly uh build your following get over pal
1: yeah that's gonna be my advice get over
0: <laughs> get yourself over and you put nobody over get, get a gimmick that's gonna pop the territory
1: I'll, I'll No, honestly, I have no idea. I don't do a review channel. Jeremy runs our website. I'm just the talent. I just show up here and talk, and sometimes people like it. Sometimes people don't. I think the one thing that does make, for what it's worth, our show as successful as it has been is we're passionate about what we're doing. And it's the only reason that we're able to week in and week out show up and do this show. Otherwise, we would have probably quit a long time ago. And so that'd be my only big, real big like uh, piece of advice: is make sure whatever you're doing, you're actually passionate about it, because uh, it's a lot easier to stay consistent if you care about what you're doing
0: versus if it's just an obligation or something like right. that. Right, consistency. Consistency. <laughs> yeah. uh, next question comes from jar of peanuts he says Uh oh here we go (laughs) what do you guys think i should do with my extra money this month buy rum buy magna or buy red dead redemption 2
1: bro i knew it was gonna be some foolishness (laughs) (laughs) i knew it was gonna be something crazy um yeah i (sighs) he wants to know if he needs if he should take his money and buy his extra
0: money yeah magna rum or red dead redemption 2
1: Bro, you need to invest your money. <laughs> you need to get a CD and put some money away and, um, you know, start getting some uh, some compound interest
0: on, on, on that extra income that you have, pal. <laughs> <laughs> what you need to do. Dude, get some financial <laughs> advice live on the air, man.
1: I don't know. Um, it sounds like you're going to buy... It sounds like you're going to do all three if you want it, my honest opinion. Like... Like, I'm pretty sure Jar of Peanuts is like, I'm going to get this mixer. i going to get this alcohol. I'm going to play Red Dead Redemption. going to read this manga. Like, that's what you're doing this weekend. Like, we, you already told us your plans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My uh, God. Next question comes from Jai Brian. He says, do you think the faction shakeups are over, or are there still more moves to come? I personally think that both the New Japan main unit will get shaken up, and that... Zack Sabre Jr. will usurp Suzuki and take over Suzuki Goon, thus making it Sabre Goon, which is a badass name. Um, I mean, it seems like they are there probably will be some more faction shakeups. Probably I don't see anything really the rest of this year, maybe at the beginning of next year, maybe. Um, and, you know, uh, Suzuki's still running hard right now, but once Suzuki finally decides to retire, I mean, I could see Zack Sabre Jr. kind of taking over uh, the, the faction.
1: I I mean, I don't know, man. Um, new Japan has always had factions. Like, it's not like factions are a new thing, you know? You know? F- freaking, the... Choshu's Revolutionary Army, Team 2000, you know, um, all these different groups, like, all throughout the years, they've all, like, existed. But it's, like, this company's never been as heavily inundated on the whole faction thing as they are, it feels like, right now. And as good as they are at booking, as good as they are at storytelling, these faction... um, I mean, we've talked about it. When people have tried to ask us, you know, what's the deal with the factions? We've always said, like, it's a very loose thing. It's almost like a fight team with, you know, with, like, MMA or something like that. And then when you want to build a whole storyline around it, it just feels like so convoluted, man. So, <laughs> it, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not, I just don't really vibe with them. I don't want to see Suzuki-gun shaken up because I've already seen... Uh, essentially, three major groups shaken up this year, and it didn't make me want to watch New Japan more. But M- that's my only thing with, with, with factions is like if you're gonna do like a faction war or whatever and a big split, make money off of it, right? And, and draw off of right. it, it needs to be like a big thing. Instead, it just feels like some late 90s. WCW, WWF faction sort of stuff, you know, with like DX or the NWO. That's really what it feels like to me. Um, what would Minoru Suzuki do if they kicked him out, is my whole thing. It's like, they kick him out, what's he going to do? Like, can you... Uh, Minoru Suzuki's not going to be a face. Well, I'm, I'm
0: sure, like, I don't see him getting kicked out unless he's, like, retiring.
1: He's not going to... Well, he's not going to retire. He's Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, the only way that, that it's going to become Sabre Goon... Yeah. Yeah. Is that they kick him out just like they did Kojima, and then we'll, I mean I guess Minoru could leave, but Minoru, I don't think they're I don't think that's ever gonna happen. Like, if anything, I could see Zack Saber getting kicked out and becoming a sympathetic babyface. Mm-hmm. Not I mean you can get simp- you can get Simpy Simpiana- oh, <laughs> <No. Come> on Suzuki. <laughs> um, no, but I've seen I've seen Zack play the sympathetic babyface a million times. Like yeah. as good as he is at being a dick heel, like. He's just as good at, at being the face in peril. Um, yeah, I do I do agree. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to see Zach lead the if if they just did the Suzuki Goon story and the stuff with the elite and the OGs and Chaos and Jay White and whatever wasn't going on, maybe. But all I mean, the only, the only like, two stables that I'm, like, high up on are suzuki Gun And yeah. everyone else can go kick rocks. Like, <laughs> like, this stuff is, like, this is not what I'm here for. I'm here for the for the five-star matches. I'm here for the classic for the feuds. Heat. I'm here for the heat. I'm not here to, like, to gossip about, like, who's going to, turn, turn, like, turn on who? And, you know, who's a spy in this group? And, like, it just feels... Lazy to me, yeah. So yeah, I, and I don't think they dr- I don't think it's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people really love this stuff. I liked the angles. Like right. that's the only thing that's been good about it is the the angles that they ran when Cody turned. Like when Cody turned on uh, Kenny. Kenny, the best stuff that they did was that stuff. The stuff with Kenny and Cody in the early part of the year in the Bucks. That was all pretty interesting. After that, though not
0: really and Then the uh, the firing squad turn was
1: pretty good angle that was good but no good no follow, follow up no yeah. good follow up after that and then like um, you know Gato turning on Okada was a great moment but the follow up has not been good and then I didn't I don't really think that the uh the angle with Jay White joining them was that compelling because it's just it's becoming like more and more of the same and it's like
0: do something do something more interesting yeah Uh, Next question comes from Harrison G He says Do you think Pac wants to wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom And do you think New Japan wants Pac to wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom I think the answer to both those questions Would be yes If you had to shoehorn Pac into the scene before the dome How would you utilize him I'd have him join the Bullet Club And have a special singles match with Hangman Page
1: Um, Does he want to wrestle At Wrestle Kingdom like in general like a Wrestle Kingdom I'm sure he does yeah Um, well yeah why wouldn't he why wouldn't you it's the you know it's the biggest uh wrestling show you know in Japan it's one of the you know arguably one of the top three biggest you know paydays you can make in wrestling so yes I'm sure he would want to um do I realistically think that Pac is going to wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom this year not really I, I don't expect that. I mean, what do you think?
0: I don't think so. I mean, we're, we're getting like too deep into the year now where the, I'm sure the Wrestle Kingdom card seems to kind of be in place and it, it would kind of, he would have to be like added to like, they would probably make the junior match, junior title match like a multi man match or he'd get like shoved like somewhere random.
1: He'd have to show up at Power Struggle, in my opinion, if they were even going to attempt to do it. Right. Pac is too big for the, I'm not saying Pac can't wrestle in the junior division, but if you're gonna give him that treatment where he comes in last minute, then that means you gotta do a big special match with him. Like you can't just you can't put him in a multi man because that's a that's not a good utilization of what you're probably paying for to, to bring him in. So no I don't think that's realistic. Yeah. If I did bring him in, personally, if I was gonna run Pac against anybody, I would do what was rumored earlier in the year and do him and Will Ospreay at yeah. the dome. That would be amazing. But I don't see them doing that. I, I I do think we'll see Pac wrestle in New Japan eventually
0: at some point, but I don't expect it to be in time for Wrestle Kingdom at this point. Yeah, I think now is too soon. Would it be awesome? Yes, it would be. Um, but again, it's just like where do you slot him with all the rivalries that are kind of already set up?
1: You got tag league coming up. You got power struggle. What are you gonna do? between now and Wrestle Kingdom to build something compelling for him. I mean, they could give him, like, if he shows up at Power Struggle, he's getting the Jericho treatment, and he's getting a big match. Yeah. Um, but I re- more realistically see him showing up sometime, if at all, next year, and then you put him in the uh, the best of the Super Juniors. And just
0: have him run house, clean house and that thing.
1: Yeah. You, you, you Basically, you put him over, and you, you make him you know
0: you give him the title <laughs> you give him the strap <laughs> give him the, um, the bob holly put the title on him have him beat everybody, have him beat everybody
1: yeah <laughs> um so i mean that's more realistic to me i don't see him
0: wrestling at wrestle kingdom this year next year i feel like that's much more likely yeah all right uh facebook questions howard Schilling, three-part question who is the breakout star of rapungi 3k do you see them ever breaking up if they do who turns on whom uh, I think we know we've mentioned this several times that show is kind of the breakout star there.
1: The company's behind show. Yeah. He's the guy that they see as being like the you know the bigger star of the two obviously. Yeah.
0: And I mean I do think eventually that team will break up. Now, I, I don't think we'll, it'll, it'll, it has to be a traditional, oh, he turned on him. A lot of times we see teams in New Japan just amicably you know, they split up. They, they both have singles goals, you know, almost like a Roppongi vice. Uh, they split up and they, they didn't turn on each other. You know, Trent went heavyweight and then Rocky went to manage.
1: They could. I mean, they had a, if you followed their Young Lion careers, I mean, they had a very longstanding standing rivalry prior to their excursions so I mean they could pick that back up and and drop money off that eventually which I wouldn't be surprised if they did that um show anyone that sees show knows that this guy's money I mean he's a he's a bodybuilder he's got the looks he's got tons of charisma like he's a star but don't don't get it twisted like yo, oh yo is awesome yeah yo, yo's excellent and has a will probably have a fantastic career as well I wouldn't be surprised for either of them to have, you know, prolonged success, you know, provided they do the right things in their careers, but, right. uh,
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, anyone that sees shows knows a special, so. All right, next question comes from Rich. He says, if you had an Observer Hall of Fame vote for the Japan region, who would you use it on?
1: Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, you were trying, kind of like trying to explain this to me. I mean, I listen to Observer and everywhere that they talk about the... You know the Hall of Fame, but I'm I don't actually subscribe, so I'm like, how does this Hall of Fame work? It, it sounds super confusing. Right,
0: and um on the uh, wrestling, I mean, uh, Voices of Wrestling Patreon, uh, Rich Crate and Joe Lanza, they they did a great job explaining kind of, kind of how it works, and they've been having people on for different regions, um, explaining like who they would vote and kind of previewing each region. I haven't caught all of it, so I'm still kind of a little uh, blurry on how it all works. I know there's different candidates that you can vote for. Um, do, a, do you only have certain like? Can you only vote for a certain number of guys in
1: the region, or or like do you only get one vote? Or
0: there's so I, I have to go back and listen to because Rich Chris did a great job like breaking it down, but it's been a while since I listened to it. Uh, but you do get there's a certain amount of votes that you get I think per region or something like that, or just overall, and you can choose between certain regions. Uh, but the guys in the Japan uh, region this year are Jun Akiyama, Sima uh, Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tenzan uh, Fujiwara Hayabusa, Kota Ibuchi Yuji Nagata, Tetsuya Naito Kenny Omega, who was on the ballot for the first time uh, Kayoshi Tamura and Akira Akira Tawi
1: Yeah, and just to be clear, Kojima and Tenzan, Tenzan
0: are, are on the team, Tenkozi
1: Yeah, so I mean just looking at it um, Junakiyama is a guy that in my opinion should be a hall of famer i don't know i don't know how these votes go so i I really don't know but i've i think he's missed it because i remember listening to dave and them say that he's kind of missed it a few times and i think he's
0: like if he doesn't get it this year he might be off or something like that yeah there's there's a certain like amount of time certain time period where you could be on the ballot before you get um removed if you're not voted on i mean Jun Akiyama, in my opinion, is a guy that is
1: should potentially be a, a Hall of Famer. I mean, Triple Crown Champion, GHC, GHC Champion. He's one of the like guys that was right outside of the Four Pillars in all Japan. Um, he, like what he means and what he like has brought to Pirarezu is really really important. Um, I don't know Sima. Is another like Sima, I don't know too much. I know that he's been showing up in like Wrestle One and DDT and like, apparently is like drawing like a lot of interest like to Big Japan and all these different companies ever since the split with uh D- with the Dragon Gate this past year. Yeah. So I think that that's something where he's starting to get some buzz off of that. Uh, I personally wouldn't vote for him, um, but I would I would definitely vote Jun Uh Tenkozi, um, one of the most dominant tag teams in the history of Japanese wrestling. I mean, I'm, I think they've won both the um, the World Tag League as well as the um, the Tag Carnival over in All Japan. I think they won it in the same year as well, and I think oh. they're they're the only team that's ever done that. Um, but they've 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 held the um, the tag titles in All Japan as well as New Japan. Dominant tag team um, So I mean They could probably I just don't know As an act If it's that If it's Hall of Fame worthy Right I really don't I I personally wouldn't um, Fujiwara Yoshiaki Fujiwara Is like an easy yes For me Absolutely Positively One of One of the all time Great workers In In All of wrestling <laughs> No matter what style You So I would I would definitely say Yes Junakiyama I definitely say Yes Fujiwara um Hayabusa is probably a yes depending on your school of thought um for the hall of fame yeah i mean it really i mean like he's an innovator when it comes to high flying wrestling and um deathmatch wrestling as well his work in um in uh, FMW and different companies so, I mean, possibly. I wouldn't say yes if I, if I was given the vote right now, but possibly. Obviously, we know about Ibushi. We know about Nagata. I, would, I wouldn't I would vote for either of them right now. I wouldn't vote for Naito or Kenny Omega right now. Um, I would say yes to Kiyoshi Tamura, though. Um, but I don't know that other voters would, to be honest with you. And Kiyoshi Tamura, to me, is one of the top 5 greatest shoot wrestlers that have ever lived. So I'd have to say yes and then uh taui is an easy is it easy yes. Absolutely one of the four pillars of All Japan. So yeah. Like those would be my, my votes would be Akiyama, Fujiwara,
0: Tamora and taui absolutely. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm very ignorant to a lot of these guys. Their previous runs, so I, don't, I, if I was you know voting for the observer ballot, I would not be a great guy to vote in the Japan, the Japan region. I mean, because I've you know I've mentioned before, you know, I've recently gotten in New Japan. I know, of course, I recognize all these names, but I haven't seen their full body of work or know their full impact to say, you know, choose Akiyama over Hayabusa, you know. So, to me, I think you know, in the next coming years, I'll be a better kind of range especially when we're voting on guys like Nagata and Kojima and a lot of these guys that are currently going right now. I think Nagata needs to go in but maybe not right now. Yeah. And you know obviously like Omega Naito Abushi way too soon. Those guys are still in the prime of their runs, you know. They're going to be going for quite some time uh, before they even get voted in, I would think. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Mike. He says, "What do you what Uh, What do you think match of the night will be for Power Struggle on November 3rd? Oh, um, I mean, that's an easy pick for
1: me. Um, The recently added Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight title match between Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro
0: Ishii. Yeah, I mean, that has to be it, man. Those guys have bangers every time they're in the ring with each other. Yeah. And so I'm expecting, yeah. I'm
1: expecting that to be match of the month.
0: Yeah. And... You know, a
1: potential match of the year candidate Potential strong style fight of the year candidate Like, I'm very, very, very
0: excited about that match Uh, Howard Chilling He says, if Evil doesn't take the IC title Off of Jericho at Power Struggle Who takes it off of him at Wrestle Kingdom I think that I mean, what do you think Well, we're going to do our
1: preview show next week Yeah um, but, le- okay, I'll just answer the question. Let's say Evil doesn't take the belt off of him. It seems like they're setting up a match between him and Naito. So
0: right. That would, that would To me, that's the only thing that makes sense right now.
1: Unless <laughs> unless Naito goes to the dome and loses to Jericho again. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> and then Jericho uh, drops the belt. And the Naito fans set the internet on fire.
1: Yeah, who knows? But, yeah, I don't know.
0: And then the last question comes from our buddy Zach Porter, and he wants to know if I have watched Bloodsport yet.
1: And
0: unfortunately, Zach, I have not watched Bloodsport yet. I know this man is just
1: watching wrestling.
0: That's all he does. Yeah, dude. Literally, Saturday I watched SmackDown 1000. I watched ROH TV. I watched MLW TV. Uh, I watched, um, you know, night three of the Super Junior Tag League. I uh, Watched Ten Pounds of Gold. I was just running through stuff. I watched Tyler Bate versus Walter uh, from Hello Wembley for progress. So yeah, that's that's what I did instead of watching Bloodsport. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll get on Bloodsport eventually. And that's going to wrap up all of our questions. Now, let's jump into Road to Power Struggle. So we had two full shows on the 16th and the 17th. So we're just going to kind of talk about some of the key points on some of these shows and then we'll jump into the Super Junior Tag League matches
1: Yeah, so um, the first two nights to open up the show we got uh, two different six-man tags um, on the first night we had a uh, six-man tag team of Toa who was on that team it, it was Toa Tohanare, Hanare,
0: Shota Umino, Ren Narita Taking on Ayato Yoshida, Yota Tsuji, and Yuya Uemura.
1: Yeah, so, the um, and then the, the next night, they did something very similar. The only difference was on the Umino team, uh, they switched out Toa Hanare for Hanma. Yeah. And um, very similar matches. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed both of these um, six-man tags. However, I will say that the first night, the uh the october 16th show yeah with toa hanare
0: that match was awesome yeah dude, that match was fire that match was <clears> really <throat> really awesome yeah and the one thing i loved about it was like almost got a taste of like hanare and ishii vibes with hanare and suji with hanare playing the role of ishii and yep. suji playing the, the role of hanare
1: Yep, I agree. Um, I really, really dug that a lot. Uh, It was awesome to kind of see those two big bulls, like, go at it.
0: Yeah, man, dude, I've been so impressed with Suji these last few tours. I feel like he just continues to improve. He's putting on size. I mean, he just looks like he knows more what he's doing in there now. And, man, yeah, he's just, he's been on fire.
1: Yeah, I'm all about that. And then, obviously, um, they've been playing off of the the whole, like, the backstory between Umino and Yoshida, going back to the Lionsgate project matches and their rivalry that they've had. And every time they're in the ring together, they've been playing that up. And I think those are two guys that they see a lot of potential in and a lot of money. And so that's also very interesting that, that they've kind of paired them up and their
0: interactions are very, very crisp, very, very good. And then um, The other pairing has been uh, Narita and Iwamura and just great, great wrestling and grappling from these guys and this seems to be another rivalry that's been kind of kicked off here.
1: The second night was very similar. They just threw Hanma in instead and then um, in the second match they switched Hanma and Hanare's roles. We'll get to the second match here. Um, I didn't think the second night was even nearly as good, but it was still entertaining. But Man, Toa Hanare and Suji start like th- those are two guys I want to see actually yes. go at it.
0: We we need a Lions Project uh, Lionsgate show with um, the main event. Well, not the main event, but one of the highlight matches: Hanare and Suji.
1: Yeah, I, I would definitely be all about that. Um, it was it was good how in commentary they're talking about how Toa Hanare is like looking for a way to capitalize, move up in the card, and they're like he really needs to deliver. You know when he has opportunities like this, and they they definitely did that. Um, this this was actually, in my opinion, aside from the main event, this was right up there with the main event. I actually liked it more than the main event. This is my favorite match of the whole night. the The October sixteenth show with Toa Hinari, Shota Umino, and Ren Narita going over Yoshida, Suji, and Yuya, Yamura. And I'm gonna make a uh, I'm gonna give you a hot take. Hot right take now. alert! This is my hot take <laughs> of this recent two classes of young lions and i've been torn about this and i've had like feelings one way or the other but i'm now of the opinion that rennerita is the best wrestler of the modern classes of young lions
0: yeah I mean
1: that, like, I defy anybody who sees this guy actually the mechanics and, and his grappling skills and his selling his sell- the facial expressions bro I don't I don't care if they highlight Oka I don't care if they send Kawato on excursion I don't care if they give a New Japan cup to uh, Kitamura I don't care how many times they let Umino come in and
0: do a hot tag Narita's the best wrestler of that group yeah. like yeah. he just is I mean, if you really, really watch his work, you'll see that. I mean, we've been singing his praises since we started this show. I mean, the Young Lions Cup, him and um, um, him and Yagi. Yagi, who just retired. I mean, they had some epic matches on that, that tournament and just all these undercard matches earlier this year. I mean... And he's
1: just, bro, he's really, really developed. Like, I think he's a guy that is ready to actually...
0: Go on an excursion.
1: I don't think he should go on an excursion at this point. I mean, he can... But bro, he's so good. Like I'm ready for him to like actually just go and just do something. Like they, I don't know if I need him to go away for two years or a year or anything like that. Or if they do send him on an excursion, it needs to be a short excursion because he's ready. That like he might not have. I the only reason I would say maybe sending send him away is to develop a character, get that life experience. But as far as in ring goes, Narita's got it he's done like he's 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 good to go man he's yeah he's definitely a future junior star people might people might think i'm crazy for saying this but i'm telling you i feel like this is one of those things where like a year from now or two years people are gonna be like whoa where did this narita come from and i'm gonna be like go back and listen
0: to the listen to keeping it strong style because i've been from the episode one on i've been calling this guy narita
1: like and i've been torn at times i've been like i don't know if he's my favorite or oka but i'm at the point now where i'm like Narita by far is the best wrestler. When it when it just comes down to wrestling, he's the, mechanics, the he's, yeah. he's the best one.
0: Um. So other matches second match on night one, we had uh, Tanahashi, Makabe, and Hanma taking on the team of Kota Ibushi, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens. And like you mentioned, on the second night. Um, Hanare or... They switched uh, out Hanma
1: for... uh, Hanare. For Hanare, yeah. Yeah. Which obviously Hanare is another uh, regular teammate of Togi Makabe, so that kind of made sense. Right, they
0: were in the World Tag League together last year. Also, I would be... I think one
1: reason they might have done that... Hanma, again... He didn't look like he belonged in there with with these five guys and they they might have put him in that young lions match as a kind of a cool down maybe like to take a break but i don't know i mean those young lions go so hard maybe they're trying to maybe they were giving him an an opportunity to give them some experience i don't know but yeah he's still looking like
0: what we've been saying i, I don't we don't
1: have to belabor the fact but yeah i i worry every time i see
0: hanba in there um, I, I love the story that these six Mans are telling you know this continued Story of Hiroshi Tanahashi Wanting Kota Ibushi to See wrestling his Way and to kind of come under his wing um, You know that's been an ongoing story Between Tanahashi and Ibushi and now That story is more interesting Now that Tanahashi is facing Omega Abushi's kind of caught in the middle here. Mm-hmm. is like you know I'm tag partners and very good friends with Kenny Omega um, but I also respect Hiroshi Tanahashi um, so yeah so you know after the matches you know Tanahashi's like talking to Ibushi and like
1: there was one thing I thought was funny was it was funny on the first night to see Tanahashi teamed up with Makabe and Hanma because they're essentially the last two members of Great Bashio. Yeah. And I'm like, this do- this doesn't fit. That's not right. <laughs> and then on the other side, you've got Kota Ibushi teaming with Yujiro Takahashi and Chase Owens, who are essentially Bullet Club. And I'm like, Ugh. it's literally like Kota Ibushi and Tanahashi do not
0: belong on either of those on teams. On either of these two teams. Dude, I, I still think it's hilarious when uh, Chase tries to get uh, Kota too sweet. He just high-fives him instead.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it's okay, but it just seems like... Um, It's more of that stuff where I I just feel like these guys are all casualties. Talking about uh, Yujiro and Chase Owens, I feel like they're casualties of this whole bloated, um, you know, faction warfare stuff. Like, because now now we're getting to the point where we're like, well, what are we going to do with Yujiro and and Chase once the whole, like, elite thing, like, gets figured out? You know what I mean? Right. Like, we don't know one way or the other. Yeah. and i don't know how kodobushi fits into all of it it just seems like ugh. Yeah. but it was interesting they brought up on on commentary like you mentioned um Tanahashi, they mentioned how like he had been trying to reach out to um yoshihashi just before his recent um you know uh, contract defense against um what's wrong with me
0: <laughs> what uh that
1: he was defending the contract against why do I forget names? <laughs> yeah, he defended the the contract against Okada, and then um, now he has a you know the the, the January fourth dome show against Kenny Omega, and it seems like he's trying to play those same games by sort of alluding to the idea of taking um, Kodobushi under his wing and all that. And uh, Kevin Kelly did a great job on commentary, just talking about the conversation he had with Kodobushi, and he was saying, you know. He's like, I, I feel like I'm with Tanahashi, but I'm also with Kenny. And he was like, well, he's like, you know, they both want me to kind of agree with them. And he's like, well, what do you want? And he's, and he's like, I don't know. Yeah,
0: very, very interesting stuff there. And definitely plays into the Wrestle Kingdom 13 main event. So on the first night, uh, you know, Tanahashi's team got the win. High fly flow on Owens. The next night, Owens picked up the win with the package pile driver on uh, Toa Hanare. Yeah, and they
1: continue to kind of tease the um, the philosophical differences between um, Kota Ibushi and, the, and his teammates because they kept trying to cheat and he kept,
0: you know... He, yeah, they would, like, both of them would jump in the ring and, like, try and, like, double-team. They're like, come on, Abushi come on. And he's like, Although I've seen him double-team with, like, Kenny a million times, so I don't know why he's so opposed to it right
1: now. It's kind of an inconsistent thing, if you want my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's a total legal move. Like it's not like they were like choking the dude with like <laughs> you know, in the corner and Right,
0: they just wanted to jump him.
1: <laughs> they just wanna do a double team maneuver when they tag out. Like that's pretty normal. I don't even see that as being like like a heel tactic, but whatever. Um, <laughs> super consistent storytelling from New Japan but yeah so they, they kind of continued like the dissension between Kotobushi and those two guys I don't I, and I am still of the I'm still like well what what are they going to do with Yujiro and Chase Owens it sort of feels like when um, like when DX broke up and you're like well what's going to happen to like Billy Gunn and
0: like Dog?
1: <laughs> what's going to happen to X-Pac like yeah. clearly Triple H is on his way to stardom like what's going to happen to the rest of these guys yeah. or like you know, when, like, The Nation broke up and The Rock's going to be a star, it's like, what's going to happen to uh, D-Lo? D'Lo?
0: Brown and The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what this sort of feels oh like. It's gosh. like two guys with gimmicks, but you're like, you know, the, the
0: Bull Club's going to break up, and where's Chase Owens and Newjiro going to be? I mean, honestly, I feel like those guys would be better off just being a part of the OGs.
1: They should have been, but they already kicked him out, unless yeah. they, like, turn. But do you want another turn in this storyline? It just, you know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. It just makes you breathe heavy. Like, literally, it's just like... <laughs> <sighs> so yeah but yeah and then um, in the um, in the main event or I guess the semi main of the road to power struggle uh, portion of the shows we got two nights of what was it eight eight man tag match yeah action?
0: bullet club it was the uh, team of it was uh, a- switchblade jay white bad luck tama tamatanga and Tangaloa taking on the chaos team of okada okada torianu and the best friends
1: Yep, Trent and Chucky T And we got this same matchup two nights in a row Um, I did think that it was interesting The first night
0: um, Jay White did not come out With the rest of the Bullet Club They had separate entrances Him and uh, Gato came out separately to his music And
1: then the next night He did come out to the Bullet Club
0: entrance So I think maybe they were just trying
1: out A couple different things Because this is like literally the first time He's teamed up with these guys ever
0: Um, What did you think here? I did think it was kind of weird the first night when he didn't come out with him. It's like, you're supposed to be with these guys, but you're still coming out separate. So, it just made me think, like, is Switchblade not going to be part of Bullet Club for long? And then the second night he came out with them, it actually was still kind of, it was kind of weird seeing him come out with them, right?
1: It was. Uh, you know, one thing, I did see a tweet from Tama where he essentially, or maybe it was like an Instagram post, but he said, um, the Bullet Club doesn't have bosses. Right. He's like, well, we have front men. He was like, uh, he, and he was like, the club controls the front
0: man, not the other way around. He's like, basically, like, don't get it twisted. Gotcha. Also, on one of these tours on the backstage, you know, Jay White was cutting a promo, and he was like, he's like, I'm not the leader of Bullet Club. People keep saying, I'm the leader. I'm not the leader. He's like, you think I'm crazy enough to try and tell those guys what to do? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not the leader. We are one team. So. Yeah, I, I,
1: I don't buy... At this point, I don't buy Jay White being part of anything. <laughs> yeah, um, Jay White just seems like he's a self-interested person. He's just gonna, he's just gonna use these guys. He's an opportunist. Yeah, um, and that's that's really all it is. It's just business, and like I don't think he's like part of the bull club, even though like he is. But it's not like he's BCOG for life.
0: You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. He's BCOG until he can find something better.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Um, I did think it was—I I felt like it was a weird vibe seeing him and Tama—specifically him and Tama, like, being on the on same, same team. Te-
0: yeah, it just, but, it just looked weird. It, I don't know—yeah, it's—
1: Yeah, they need to figure out a way to make this kind of cohesive because it doesn't have the same vibe that the Bullet Club has always had, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some of the same pieces there, and there's a little bit of familiar f- familiarity, but— I mean, I don't know. We can give it some time. Um, this is only the second two times that they've ever teamed together. Right. There was some, there was some awkwardness when the Bullet Club first you know became a thing, and they kind of figured it out. So we'll see. But um, these matches, they were fine. Three star affairs. Yeah.
0: Um, Bullet Club picked up the win on the first night um, with a switchblade pinning Chucky e. T, and then the second night, uh, Bullet Club got disqualified when Gato came in hit the um the brass knucks did he hit Okada with the brass knucks, or was it somebody else? Someone got hit with brass knucks. Uh Yeah, I think it was Okada. Yeah, so that that caused the uh, DQ there.
1: Yeah. Yep. So um, my main thing with this is like I kind of get why they're why they're feuding with Okada because Jay White's in charge now, mm-hmm. and they're setting up the match between Okada and Jay White. But it felt like originally, we we should have been getting some sort of feud between Kenny and whoever was leading, you know, the OGs. And now it's like the elite is a non-factor in this whole story. Yeah. And now it's like chaos versus the OG Bullet Club, and I'm like what's going on with the elite? They're all, they're off on a cruise with the <laughs> I2J. Um, yeah. So it just feels really weird. And that's another reason. Like it just seems so directionless, nameless. And people are like, "Well, be patient." I'm like, "No." No, it's been going on all year. We've been pretty patient. Like, we've been giving it a lot of time and stuff, and this just seems... Well, it's like
0: I mentioned a couple... Either last week, or a couple weeks ago, like, yeah, it's like... It's the the whole Bullet Club feud just ended out of nowhere. It's like the elite guys are gone right now. It's like, what's happening here? But uh, on the second night after the match, you know, uh, Bullet Club, they were playing on beating down Okada, but then Tanahashi makes the stave, returns the favor, uh, but Okada leaves without any interaction with Tanahashi they did
1: they did ask Tanahashi during the press conference um you know about the crowd going crazy when Okada uh came out Mm -hmm. to save him and you know if there was any like you know basically an opportunity for them to like join forces or something and he basically said that he didn't want to answer the question that it wasn't something he was ready to talk about
0: yeah so they're doing a slow build a slow tease of eventually okada and tanahashi team now together. that i like
1: um not even just because i'm a fan of it but like it's actually like kind of there's some logic to it and they're building something and it's not just this big mess yeah
0: <laughs> and it's very compelling you know these guys are you know career rivals and now yeah they have a, they have a common enemy yeah so yeah man So yeah, that's pretty much all the Road to Power Struggle stuff right there. Now we jump into the Super Junior Tag League. The first match of the tournament was the Bullet Club duo of the Bone Soldier, Taji Ishimori, and the Sniper of the Skies, Robbie Eagles, taking on the team of Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask.
1: Yeah, so this this was really good. Um, 11 minutes, 10 seconds. Um, I thought it was a great way for them to introduce Robbie Eagles for the first time. And, you know, to do it against Jushin Liger and Tiger Mask was a smart idea.
0: Yeah, uh, I thought Eagles looked really good in this matchup. Uh, they kind of worked over uh, Tiger's knee. He did. Uh, they worked over Liger, they, I mean. They worked over Liger's yeah. leg. Yeah did a 450 on Liger's leg and then he did this inverted figure four mm-hmm. which eventually got uh, Liger a tap and I think the, the interesting thing with um, Eagles you know the Japanese fans they're not really familiar with him so they weren't sure what his finish was right. so any big move he hit they were kind of like popping for and like kind of gasping on the near falls and they were seem to be shocked that he tapped out Liger
1: yeah you know what's funny um I was listening to—I don't remember who it was—I was listening to, I believe it was Voices Wrestling. They were—they were, they were uh, pointing out that um anytime Liger and Tiger Mask wrestle, and you never think of this, and I've never noticed it, but they were like, basically, if they win, Tiger Mask
0: always picks up the win, and if they lose, it's Liger. It's always Liger taking the fall. Yeah, it the was Voices Wrestling that pointed that out.
1: I'd never noticed that, but then like they said that, and I was like, you know what? That's, I am like always shocked when they lose, and it is always Liger. <laughs> Because you would never think that Liger's the guy who's going
0: right, to take think, the loss. Right, you think Liger's going to hit like a Liger bomb and get the T- win. Tiger
1: Mask is the is the fall guy, but not really. It's Liger. Liger's right. the one who, who takes it.
0: I mean, that just shows you how uh, selfless Liger is. Like Yeah. I mean, at this, at this point in his career, I mean, Tiger Mask is not that much younger than him, but he's still putting over the, the younger guy of his team. and.
1: Another fun fact up to this point, Liger and Tiger Mask have never won a match in World Tag League, ever. Ever in the junior tag league up yeah. to this point right they're, so,
0: they're usually out the first round they, they always lose in the first round when it's a single elimination it's like those guys are not going far but since it's around robin we'll see some more stuff from them later
1: but um Robbie eagles i thought it was a good way to introduce him um i don't think we've even started to scratch the surface of what we can see with him i thought it was i thought it was fine it was a three you know a three-star match yeah him and ishimori um I think I don't like Robbie Eagles' uh, bandanas. I think they look stupid. <laughs> and um, the, you know, one thing I, I do want to criticize a little bit. Hmm. I don't think Robbie Eagles has very good facial expressions. I, I feel they're kind of goofy. He he. Yeah, he needs to
0: work. I, on I feel that. like he over uh, dramatizes a little bit. He
1: either over dramatizes or he just has this vacant look on his face, and I'm like, he need he does need to work on it. He he really does because it's. It just is kind of off putting in a way, and like it doesn't draw me into his matches. Like, hey, he can fly, he can do all the high flying and stuff in the world, but like um, some of those like comparisons to Osprey they might not be so far off because Osprey was kind of that way a couple years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, Robbie Robbie Eagles makes his uh, debut for New Japan proper and, uh, you know, they pick up two points.
0: Yeah. Next up, we had Super69, Riske Taguchi, and Super ACH taking on the CMLL team of Volador Jr. and Soberano Jr. I love... And by love, I mean hate. But I
1: love... How every year, anytime Volador or anytime Ultimo Guerrero wrestle, they decide that they're gonna wear the mask to start the match. Yeah, and like the- like we haven't been watched like like the like these Coruican crowds specifically
0: don't know that you lost your mask. But the best, the best part about that is they still pop every time they take it off.
1: It's so <laughs> stupid. And then like Kevin, and then the funny thing is like Kevin Kelly really is putting it over. Like Kevin Kelly hasn't called the English on like a Fantascomania Mania, so we've dude. never had to hear this. But he's like, is is he gonna compete with that mask? Even though he lost it, and he's like, oh, there we go. <laughs> it's like, dude, we know you're gonna take your mask off. Like it's been years now. Dude, cheap pop. It's a cheap pop, <laughs> and it's not like I get it. Like if it's like, like, oh, you know, we're in uh, Beppu, or, you know, like, yeah. whatever, like, you know, we're in, we're in Edison, you know, Eddian, or whatever, yeah but it's like, no, bro, you're in Tokyo, you're in Corkin it's the same people that have been coming to see you for years. Yeah, because the Corkin
0: crowds, those are th- the smarks of Japan.
1: They know. They know that. And also, I'm just gonna say this. I don't like Volador anymore. Cause of the hair. Yes, dude. It was
0: very. <laughs> it was very weird seeing him with short hair it's and really, a goatee. It's
1: really. weird. I don't like that he has a goatee. That's the thing. Like, it's not just that he has short hair. I, like, it's so weird. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. is still great.
0: Yeah, um, he's awesome. But for me, before he took the mask off, I, I forgot that he lost that hair versus hair match. Nah, yeah, I remember. Uh, and. So when he took the mask off, I was like, oh, what What did he do? Um, he actually uh, got some staples in his ear because his... Uh, Matt Taven was I... cutting his hair and, I think, cut his ear. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, because his ear was
0: bleeding uh, at the end of this match. Yeah, he had stitches in his ear His ear from getting his hair cut.
1: But uh, Soberano Jr., um, a lot of people were kind of, like, down on him. I guess he, he had some... Uh, you know some botches and a couple things like that during this match. Yeah,
0: man, he's he's a little sloppy um, in this match.
1: I liked his work. I don't know. I mean, I didn't see too many
0: mistakes. I don't know know if it's this match. I think some of the other nights he was a little more spotty. I mean, hit some a lot of his spots he hit were good, but there was some transitional stuff that were kind of off of him.
1: Well, what do you think about Super Sixty Nine Taguchi and ACH? These guys are coming
0: out here in the uh, the rugby, the rugby and doing the little you know rugby stuff in the beginning. You know it's fine. Like I know what to expect with Taguchi. You know you know he's gonna be a clown. You know you're gonna get the ass base offense. You're gonna get the rugby plays throughout the match. And ACH, he's a guy when he's with Taguchi, he's gonna be goofy as well. Uh, so you know, I know a lot of people can be down on it on them just being so goofy and not, you know, wrestling out to their full potential, but in this tournament, I think it's fine. Dude, I liked it.
1: <laughs> I like Super 69. I, I know, mean, they're a very fun team. Bro, I know I was down on down on them last week, you know, but like listen. ACH is one of the best performers in pro wrestling today, and I think one reason I like ACH especially teaming with Taguchi is because ACH is like the biggest freaking anime nerd that there ever is, and I feel like he literally like practices his facials so that he will look like he's in a, a uh, anime. Because an <laughs> like he does stuff that I'm like, this is literally like an anime. Like like the faces he makes, um, the moves he does, like it's it's Japan. It's literally like Japanese culture. I'm like, this yeah. is freaking great. And then Taguchi, like a lot of these guys are kind of taking it easy. Taguchi is being like, he's doing his usual Taguchi stuff, and you know, he's definitely like hamming it up. But, bro, we're getting like, like, Taguchi, like, effort, like, we're getting some good effort out of Taguchi, which we don't normally get during like the six-mans and things like that. Him and ACH are, are doing a lot of stuff, uh, which I appreciate, and they are funny, like,
0: they're actually entertaining. Yeah.
1: Um,. I've heard a lot of people that are down on them.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that are just kind of over the antics and the gimmick. Dude, I don't care. I I think it's funny.
1: Like, I usually don't like Taguchi, but in this tournament specifically with ACH, I think think it's been good. I think this has been some of the best stuff I've seen from Taguchi in a long time, actually.
0: Yeah, and overall, it was a good match, and uh, I think... uh,
1: It was okay. I mean, there was, like, all these, these matches were, like, three stars, honestly. Yeah.
0: Voldor and soberano picked up the win here Voldor hit a super rana and you know i think a lot of people were surprised because you know normally the cmll teams don't always do yeah. well in these tournaments and plus uh taguchi and ach they are former champions these guys have been in the finals of these uh tag tournaments before so kind of a shocking start um for uh, the cmll team
1: well you know it's First night of a long tournament. we got a long way to go. Um, That takes us to the next match of the tournament. Uh, The team of Suzuki-Gun and the reigning junior tag champions, Yoshinabu Kanemaru and Desperado, taking on um, the team now known as Time Machine, Kushida and Chris Sabin. And uh, this match got a a bit of time, 14 minutes, 50 seconds. Um, Suzuki-Gun surprisingly jumped uh, Time Machine at the beginning of the match to kick things off. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And then, you know, and then we went from there
0: (laughs) Yeah, Suzuki gun doing what you expect him to do Pretty much cheating at every corner Um, It came down to the end where uh, Saban had uh, He had, I believe he had Kanemaru pinned with the cradle shock And then uh, there was, uh, Despy pulled the referee out of the ring Right Um, With despair, he got missed in the face by Kanemaru Yep and then uh, Despe get the Pinche Loco and got the win here so uh, Time Machine had their win stolen from them and uh, Connemara and Desperado picked up two points
1: yeah it was fine
0: yeah. um, and I, I, I'm really loving Saban and um, Kushida as a team here they implemented a lot of Motor City Machine Gun maneuvers a lot of um, Time Splitter maneuvers um, I like the matching gear I'm, I'm into Time Machine
1: I like I like that Chris Saban doesn't have that whack gear that he's been wearing all year. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm not like I don't hate this Time Machine tag team, but I'm also not like I haven't seen anything that's really that impressive to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like I haven't I I haven't watched them and been like, "Oh my god, these are like this is like the the Motor City Machine Guns." Like, no, nah, like um but you know, it's a, we still got a lot of nights to go, so I'm waiting. I'm optimistic, but I didn't see anything in this match that really drew me in to either team. And I, I would say I was down the most on this match of the out of all the matches. This was this was the boringest one to me. Really, like the whole night. Yeah, absolutely. They got 14 minutes. Uh, they brawled outside for a while, and like, yeah, they they did some stuff, but it it just wasn't. There was nothing really there to like draw me in you know what yeah, I mean
0: I think I'm just a Chris Saban mark <laughs> I like Chris Saban I mean
1: I'm not a Chris Sabin mark but I like Chris Sabin, but there wasn't anything here that was super compelling or anything um, but speaking of compelling let's talk about the main event and what I think both of us would classify as the match of the tournament so far yeah um, we had the main event uh, of Bushi and Shingo Takagi representing LIJ taking on Sho and Yo Rapungi 3k of Chaos in what was a great
0: tag team match. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, this has been the best match of the tournament thus far. Great main event. Um, really impressed with Shingo, man. You know, I have not seen a lot of him, a lot of his work before. This is kind of like my first time really getting you know see you know full matches of this guy. And yeah, man, he was just his dude. Just just impressed with this guy, man. He looked great.
1: Yeah, um a lot of people are are, you know, kind of jumping on the Shingo train. Um Shingo's Shingo's impressive. Um I don't think we are seeing the best of him right now though. To be honest with you, I think that this was good. I like the fact that they have kind of paired him and Show up as, like, an yeah, early Yeah, that's what I was going to mention.
0: So, they're like the, both, like, the power juniors of their teams. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, from that multi-man match from uh, King of Pro Wrestling, him and Show kind of started going at each other. and so. Well, he pinned Show. Right. And so, they're continuing that story. And Show, at the beginning of the match, like, wanted Shingo. and was like, wanted, wanted to smoke with Shingo.
1: Well, I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not. I can't remember. But, I mean, that's very significant because... Generally speaking, if, if the, their team is going to lose, it's Yo. Most of the time, who's going to take the pinfall. Right. If Show's going to take a pinfall, then it actually means something. And the fact that they had Shingo on his first night in the company, go over Yo or go over Show clean, it's kind of that's kind of telling. And then yes, yeah, so they are kind of building up this uh, this feud between these two guys. And yeah, this match was great. Like this was really really good. Um, I will say that like I think that there's still an adjustment period for Shingo right now. Yeah.
0: Um, well you know he comes from Dragon Gate I mean he's been wrestling those those same group of guys for a long time now that Um,
1: and the pace is a lot quicker than than the style and the pace of New Japan so I think that there's still an adjustment period not to say that these guys can't wrestle fast paced but just the house style of New New Japan pro wrestling is very different from um, from what you see in Dragon Gate and I think that as time goes on, people are already impressed with Shingo, and I'm like,
0: well, get ready because Shingo is, like, a top talent in the world. People yeah. like people don't even realize. I mean, the guy looked like a star, man. And, you know, one thing yeah. we, we've been talking about on the show for a long time is how well all the LIJ combos work together. And I think for the first time of him and Bushi teaming together, yeah. I thought they gelled perfectly. Yeah, um, I,
1: I like him and Bushi. I like Bushi and Shingo better than Bushi and Hiromu.
0: Yeah. So yeah, man, I was really impressed that they were able to gel so quickly together.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if him and Hiromu end up tagging. What that will look like? I'm sure that'd be that'd probably
0: be great. Yeah, I'm sure that'd be great too. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of great near falls in this match. Um, a lot of drama, uh, but it came down to the end. Um, Shingo hitting his gory bomb. Um, Hits the pumpkin bomber on Io. Um, Io kicks out of that. And then Shingo fires up. He hits the last of the dragon, which is formerly known as the last falconry. And pins Io.
1: Yeah, so I think this was something that we kind of predicted on last week's show. We said, you know, I mean, it makes sense. Like, it would be for them to bring in Shingo and to kind of feature him. I mean, it's pretty great. Like, his second night in the company, they've got him in the main event. Of a Cork and Hall show, which is kind of a big deal, um, but yeah, if, if they were to bring bring him in like that and then have him lose to Rapunga 3K, it kind of kills the feud. Right. So it makes it makes a lot of sense that they would have him go over in the first match. Now from here, there's they have several different options that they can take the story and they can take the booking of the tournament.
0: Yeah, and you know, just establishing. I mean, this was the best match of the tournament, about four and a quarter. Um, and just establish them as a dominant team, and you know Rapunge three K. I mean, they still looked great in the tournament. And you know those guys, being the winners last year and former champs, are still are gonna still gonna have a great tournament.
1: I like that uh, Rapunge three K came in with the oh their gear, their gear. It's yeah. like half shows gear and half Yo's gear, and that yeah. that's kind of cool. But yeah, I mean uh, the first night, um, you know was so far the best night of of the uh, the tour because we had that great junior tag or that great uh, Young Lion match in the beginning of the show plus the great main event and then, um, you know, solid action from all the tournament matches all around. Um, night two opened up with uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask taking on the CMLL team of Volador Jr. and Sobrano Jr.
0: Yeah, you know, this was another good matchup here. Um Volador and Soperano were almost kind of working as the heels a little bit in this yeah. match over um, Tiger and Liger. Vold- Voldor specifically getting kind of aggressive with yeah, those they, guys. Yeah, they
1: opened up. Everybody was, you know, shaking hands. But as things uh, kind of went on, Voldor ended up spitting on, I believe it was Tiger Mask. Yeah, And yeah, just working kind of aggressively. Uh, one thing that we didn't really make mention of, but I... That, uh, I noticed that they got—they didn't put up the guardrails. That's right.
0: It was just like Best of the Super Juniors, where they had no guardrails because they want these guys to. Uh, and I, fly. I was trying to
1: think: Do they do that during uh, Fantasma Mania as well? I think they did. Yeah. I, I I I've never actually noticed that they've ever done that. I didn't even. Even realize up to this point that they did that best, of the Super Juniors. But yeah, they've, they've got no guardrails, I guess, for safety. But um, yeah, I mean, Volador and Soberano doing a lot of flying maneuvers. Uh, good match here. Jushin Leger and Tiger Mask ended up picking up their first ever junior tag league victory
0: yeah, tig- in like six appearances <laughs> Tiger Mask hit the Tiger suplex on Soberano actually before that he got hit with a Liger bomb and a Tiger driver I thought that was going to be it but it took the Tiger suplex and uh, Soberano clearly he's going to be the fall guy for, yeah. for the CMLL team and like we, like we mentioned Tiger Mask he's the one that picked up the win here and this was actually a surprising win because you know Tiger and Liger, um, like you mentioned, they don't do well in these tournaments and you know they're kind of the old-timers in this thing. so You don't expect them to get much wins. And so a lot of people did not have uh, Tiger and Liger beating the CMLL team here. Yeah, I
1: think to speak to that, you're absolutely right. Like People probably expected them to go on like an all-losing sort of streak. But at the same time, if, if New Japan... I think I pointed this out last week where I was like, why would they have... Tiger Mask and Liger, or any new new Japan team, just con- consistently job to Volador and Sobrano. Um, it's not like, so- like Sobrano and Volador are gonna go for a tag run or something like that. You know. What right. I mean? So I mean, it it makes plenty of sense to me to have now if it was Liger and Tiger Mask going over say Bushi and Shingo, then you might get like a questionable. I might question that. But it, I don't think it's too crazy for them to go over Volador and Soberano. I mean, they're from, you know, they're outside, basically. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this was a solid match, three and a quarter. Good good stuff all around. And, like you know, congrats to Liger and Tiger Mask to pick up the win here.
0: Yeah, so next up we had Super69, Taguchi, and ACH against the Bullet Club team of Taiji Ishimori and Robbie Eagles. Um, this was another good back-and-forth match, you know, three-star range.
1: Obviously, you know, the backstory, the fact that Taiji Ishimori and ACH used to be a tag team and kind of the heat between them, you know, off play, they played off that in this match. And um, this match was really, really, this, I thought this was pretty, int- like, entertaining and interesting. Um, to, you know, Super 69 seemed to have everything, you know, well in hand until um, a dive from ACH seemed to go to be like a mishap. And then in the story, he uh, he started selling. They weren't sure if it was the ribs or the leg, right? But basically, Ishimori and Robbie Eagles went to work on that leg the same way they did with uh, Liger the night before. So that kind of became like their game plan, and they showed like a lot of, um, you know, just just like having a great game plan to kind of like cut one guy off from from the rest of
0: his team and just isolate him, essentially. Right. I mean, Ach, he's so great at selling.
1: Yeah. When I was watching, I was like. This man's selling again,
0: <laughs> dude. He loves selling. He's great. he's great at it. Um, it definitely brings a drama in his match, and he's he's such a great baby face. And they were getting the heat on this man. It was great stuff, and you know they had. Ishimori, his former partner, be the one to get the pinfall on him with the um, the bloody cross.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I I realized earlier in the year I was kind of down on the bloody cross as being a finisher because yeah. there's so many guys that had similar moves like that, like the MX and you know the code breaker. But I watched him do it uh, in this match, and I was like, you know what? I was a little I'm gonna take it back. I was a little critical. <laughs> that was kind of dope, actually. Um, but yeah, they picked up the win over Toguchi and ACH. Um, are you surprised that ACH is kind of the guy taking the falls and not Taguchi?
0: Yes, I am surprised. I mean it's it's again one of those things, but then if you think about it, Taguchi is the full-time New Japan guy yep. and ACH is not, you know, as a wrestling fan, you you watch ACH, you see him in all these indie places. Um and you you would see, you would think, you know, yes, he is the better in-ring worker. He has he has the more, you know, memorable matches, so you would think it would be uh, Taguchi picking the pinfalls here But as far as the contract status It does make sense to pin ACH And not pin Taguchi
1: And then um, Yeah, so Ishimori and Robbie Eagles They pick up another two points uh, So that gives them four points And puts them right at the front of, Being undefeated. of the tournament. Um The third, The third junior tag league Match of the night uh, Bushi and Shingo Takagi take on uh, Time Machine, Kushida and Chris Sabin.
0: Yeah, this was a a, a very good matchup here. Uh, yeah, I would say it was match of the night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, Shingo was just killing Chris Sabin in this match. Yeah. yeah. With uh, his power moves and uh, strikes. There was, like, one lariat that he hit on Sabin that... You could tell it knocked Sabin Loopy. He was, like, holding his head, like, on the mat after he got hit with Bro, him.
1: we haven't even seen Shingo, like, really, li- like, hit people with lariats like he does just yet. Like, just wait, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy who, like, is so, like, I mean, just wait till we see, like, him and Ishii. Like, trust
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Saban and uh, Kushida, once again several great combos pulling from more city machine gun and time splitter stuff uh Shingo and Bushi once again working well together also
1: um one thing we didn't even talk about and I felt like it was worth mentioning the first night they brought out uh Trent uh Trent Beretta
0: On commentary On commentary And he was horrible He was not good (laughs) The only memorable thing Was he uh, Challenged Cody For the US title Yeah he came out And I was very surprised Because
1: he's actually Pretty good He's a good talk He's he's a good He's
0: entertaining Like on being the elite And like you know Yeah, like, I I like his promos and stuff. I felt like he didn't know that he was going to be on commentary. I felt like Rocky just went back there and was like, go out there. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like
1: maybe he's just uncomfortable. I mean, like, I don't know. I've never commentated. I'm sure I wouldn't be great at it either. I'm sure it's a difficult thing to do, especially if you're not used to it. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they'll be bringing him back or probably not. And I think he probably doesn't know. probably knows it uh they brought out chucky e. t the next night and it was exponentially better exponentially yeah. better yeah so that was pretty funny um i don't know if we'll talk about it in the news but yeah i mean trump beretta challenging cody for the u.s title <laughs> i think if, if if i was brought if i was a wrestler and i was brought in to commentate that's exactly what i would do Let's i'd challenge like, somebody okada <laughs> oh my god hey kenny you listening back there <laughs> oh, i challenge you but uh, yeah, so uh, Bushi and Shingo Takagi pick up the win over uh, Kushida and Chris Sabin in a good sixteen minute forty five second
0: match. Yeah, Shingo uh, hits the uh, Last of the Dragon on Sabin after he killed him with that pumpkin bomber, the pumping bomber, and that puts Lij up two and zero. And what they're doing really great with
1: Shingo is letting the crowd get to know what his like signature moves are. Right,
0: especially it, that, that gory bomb. Like They tease that yep. several times throughout the match. He finally hits it. The pumping bomber he hits, and then obviously the, the last of the dragon.
1: And that's what this tournament is really about and why it's a good opportunity is because... If they're going to make a star out of this guy, then when they win, he's going to be the guy picking up the wins. When they lose, it's going to be Bushi taking the falls. And they're going to show him to be a dominant force in this division. And so that is, it is almost like a propaganda tool for Shingo in a sense. Yeah. Like, or at least that's what I'm seeing so far. Right. It's,
0: you know, it's what you should be doing when you have a new guy. Yeah. You want the crowd to learn his signature moves, to learn him. And you, you got to do it in every city, so do it across this whole tour. It's going to be great for him.
1: And then in the main event, we have Rapungi 3K taking on um, LIJ. And as soon as the match starts, instead of them uh, jumping Rapungi 3K, they jumped Rocky Romero.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. But then they, they went on to jump Roppongi, Roppongi 3K. Um, surprise, surprise. You know, Suzuki Gun jumping people before the bell. Um, and, you know, just kind of a back-and-forth Fight pretty much, you know, Roppongi 3K had to fight from underneath, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of backstory between this match. You know, Kanemaru um, and Desperado took the belts from Show and Yo, and they've been struggling all year trying to get the belts back from these guys, and just have not been able to beat them lately. And so the whole match it was just them working from behind, and trying so hard to beat these guys.
1: Yeah, so I mean, this was something that you had alluded to—the idea that even if Sho and Yo don't win the tournament, if they can get a uh, a pinfall victory over Lij, you mean the Suzuki? Or Suzuki Gun, my bad. Yeah. That would essentially establish uh, a future title shot for them. So the other thing too is after losing to um, Mm -hmm. Lij the previous night, you know, they kind of needed a rebound because in this tournament, there's only. Seven matches. Right. You, if you can't take a lot of. Right, you lose too many and you're done. You lose three and there's a good chance that you're done at that right. point. So, yeah. I mean, if they had lost this match to uh, Suzuki Goon, I mean, that would put them in, in a very close proximity to, to being out of the tournament. And many people have shown, yo, winning the whole thing. So, um, th- this is kind of a do or die situation, even though it's so early on, they had to pick up the win over Suzuki Goon. And that's exactly what they ended up doing here. You know, Kanemaru looking for deep impact on Yo, but
0: Yo kicked out at two. Uh, yeah, that was pretty big because, you know, Kanemaru, when he's at deep impact, that's usually a wrap. So him, Yo kicking out, that was a big moment and a nice near fall there.
1: Yeah, the the uh, champions ended up double teaming Show. Yo ran in... Um, and got the cradle for the for the pinfall win at the end of the match there. So, uh, kind of an upset victory at 13 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, I gotta be honest with you, I didn't think this match was very good, and yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen a Rapongi 3K uh, Suzuki Good match that I thought was very good. I think most of their matches, I. I haven't really enjoyed almost all year (laughs) and I'm not I'm not hoping for a future title match strictly between them I know in most cases I would say yes like give me a straight one-on-one tag match but I think I've seen these guys wrestle what four Four times times this this year? year yeah And I haven't really. I think the one I liked the most was the first one where Suzuki-gun cheated and used the chair to win. Because at least, but I thought that that was gonna be like the low point. (laughs) It ended up being the high point. Yeah. Um, So at this point, I'm like, yeah, just give me a multi-man match and put the titles back on Roppongi 3K because I'm, I don't want to see this match again. I'm I'm done with. I don't like Suzuki, this Suzuki-gun tag team.
0: Yeah, man, it's like I get it. You guys are heels, but all the jumping, chair shots, eye gouging, ref pulling. I mean, the first night, freaking pulling the ref out the ring, shouldn't that have been a disqualification? I mean, if we if we get onto that subject <laughs> with New Japan and start talking about what
1: should or shouldn't happen as far as like ref calls, well, it'll this whole thing will devolve. Um, at that point, I'll be like, I'm just gonna start watching MMA, like. <laughs> But no, yeah, so, uh, but good job for showing, you know, they pick up two points, um, I thought that this was literally the weakest match of the night, though, in yeah. all honesty, I, I really was
0: down on it, and it mostly had to do with Suzuki-gun, so. Yeah, and, uh, something we failed to mention, on the first night, when, uh, Shingo and Bushi got the win oh, in the yeah, main yeah, event, yeah. uh, the rest of LIJ came out, Naito, Sonata, Evil, with also that harumless jacket, they're all dressed in their suits, And they all came out and did the the uh, L.I.J. fist bump. Crowd popped big. Yeah, that crowd was really, really, really into that. So that was pretty cool. So then moving on to night three, October nineteenth. This is a uh, video on demand. Yeah, video on demand. um, Single cam show. Well, there's there were a couple different cameras, but it wasn't the full camera production that you normally get. And only the two matches, so we didn't see the undercard. So the first tournament match they had was Tiger Mask and Jushin Thunder Liger Taking on the team of Shingo and Bushi And uh, Naito Once again came out here in the White suit accompanying uh, Shingo and Bushi to the ring And you know with Naito Showing up in the suit and Managing these guys I'm like oh Shingo and Bushi they got this match They're gonna you know win this thing Uh, But That was not the case. This this night three was like the bracket buster for everybody. Yeah. Most people that entered our contest either got both matches wrong or one match right. But majority of them didn't get either match correctly. But um, Tiger Mask and Liger here, they pick up the upset win. uh, Tiger Mask cradling Bushi to get the win.
1: Yeah, so this is exactly what I was alluding to when we were reviewing night two where I'm like... Why did Tiger Mask and Liger
0: beat <laughs> this team? <laughs>
1: um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. You know, the legends get an upset victory and it's on Bushi, whatever. But I did think it was very surprising. And I thought it was a questionable booking decision in all
0: honesty. Yeah. But overall, you know, it's like three, three and a quarter match. Um, good, good match up here. But, uh, but one thing I got to mention, though, I... No commentary its kind of throwing me off I know we've kind of We experienced that with like World Tag League And some other house shows before but Man I really miss having some commentary Over these things even if it's just Japanese commentary
1: It'll be alright (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah first world props
1: in the uh main event of the night we had super 69 ach and uh taguchi taking on uh the suzuki gun team of desperado and kanemaru um up to this point super 69 has uh what zero points yep they've lost two matches so they're kind of they're definitely in a do or die situation they have to beat suzuki yun otherwise they are out of the tournament
0: yeah and um Surprise! Surprise! Despiau and Kanemaru, uh jump zoned Taguchi and um, ACH during the entrances. Um, they get in the ring and they're using the rugby ball to attack Taguchi's ass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I love when Suzuki Gun and uh, they work. They work over. I love when they work over Taguchi's butt. Like, it's
0: just, it's, so, it's so good, like. Body part match. Yeah. <laughs> my God. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, it was pretty much, you know, ACH and Deguchi pretty much having to come back from behind and, you know, deal with Despy and Kanamaru cheating. Um, and then eventually it came down to the end where Kanemaru accidentally missed Desperado. Um, and ACH takes Despia out to the floor and Taguchi hits the Dodon, but he has a, a low-blow version of it And then cradles Kanamaru for the win. So Super 69 out cheats um, Suzuki-Goon, they get the win, they beat the champion, so one would think that Super 69 was in line for a future Tag title shot. Yeah um, And yeah, the faces, they foiled the heel shenanigans, man
1: Yep, and then on night four And this is the last night that has occurred. We start off with a uh, matchup between Time Machine, Kushida, and Chris Saban taking on Volador Jr. and Soberano Jr. Um, What did you think of
0: this? You know, honestly, I expected this match to be much better than it was. I thought this was going to be a banger. I thought it was too. I mean, the Time Machine team. I've been saying, you know, I've been really feeling that team. You know, Voldor is really good, and Toronto He he's not the the best luchador, but he's good. Um, I like Sobrano. I have been I've watched him for a while, and I think he's right. really good. I mean, to me, I, mean, I he did better in the the Fantastica Mania tour. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really been able really highlighted in these matches, and I don't know what it was with this match. I mean,
1: like timing issues. Yeah,
0: it was kind of slow at the beginning. Um. And, you know, once again, you know, this is a very small house show. So maybe they weren't going all out for this, for this crowd, for this show here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, there were a few good things. Like, Soberano, one of his signature spots is a Fosbury flop. Uh, Always pop for that move, no matter who does it. What, like the half and half to the outside? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Space flying tiger. Tiger drop, yeah. Um, And... Kushida and Saban ended up picking the win here and Getting on the board and the CMLL team taking their second loss
1: And then in the main event we had Roppongi 3k taking on the Bullet Club team of Taiji Ishimori and Robbie Eagles um, another match where I Was very excited about this match and if you had asked me I would have actually probably earmarked this to be the match of the tournament
0: yeah, um, I, was, I was actually surprised that this match was one, uh, on one of the house shows and not one of the full produced shows we have coming up later this week. But yeah, I mean, I thought that this was pretty average, to be honest with you. I mean, it, was, it wasn't terrible.
1: Um, it was fine. Uh, Robbie Eagles and Taiji Ishimori looked good. and I mean, Yo looked good, but right. it wasn't like they were having a good match with each other, it seemed like. Right,
0: well, this match did have a little bit more urgency than the, uh, the previous matchup. Um, and once again yeah I mean it was you know three star range with the these four towns you would expect it to be four or higher but once- I just
1: yeah with this specific te- like matchup I thought that this was gonna be something very memorable and I mean you know, Robbie Eagles and Taiji Shimori just started teaming together. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't really fault them too much. But, I yeah, I was really looking forward to this. And I, I was kind of let down, honestly. I had, I had higher expectations for what
0: it was. Yeah, but um, Sho and Yo end up picking the win. They hit the 3K on Robbie Eagles. So, that puts them up 2 and 1, and they gave Bullet Club their first loss. So, now we have a kind of a log jam. Uh, for first place with Roppongi 3K, Bullet Club, Tiger and Liger, and LIJ all have 2-1 and one with 4 points. And then um, Log Jam for last place as well with um, Suzuki Goon, Time Machine, the CMLL team, and Super 69 all 1-2, and two, 2 points.
1: Well, Show and Yo have 6 points now, right?
0: No. No? No. They have... Um, two they have four points okay because they they lost to to lij they beat suzuki Goon, and they beat oh you know what i'm looking ahead oh spoiler alert everybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was there's a show that happened tonight that will be on new japan world tomorrow
1: yeah the video on demand not on online yet so yeah. um yeah Looks like looks like we're Punkin Three Ks busting out for that little log jam, but uh, yeah, so we got a lot of teams that are uh, matched up pretty evenly right now. So um, let's talk about you know where we see the rest of this tournament going. Let's talk about where these guys are at and you know what the rest of the tournament is kind of looking like. So you know, let's start with Bushi and Shingo.
0: So Bushi and Shingo, I mean, I expect that team to not eat any more losses, really. Going forward in this tournament Maybe one more loss But I expect them to remain dominant To continue the push of Shingo And just showing how dominant he is And pushing him as a star um, I really think this LIJ team is going to make it To the finals
1: Well they essentially have four more matches left Here and each team has wrestled Three three matches There's going to be seven matches each So they still have ACH and Togu- Super 69 ahead of them They've got the Bullet Club team They have uh, Suzuki Goon and then the CMLL team. Um, the one team that's in there that that I see being like problematic for them as far as like the the final standings is Suzuki Gun. Yeah. So I'm wondering what's going to happen with them. You know, going up against these other four teams. You know, essentially.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wonder if probably they, they beat all those teams and maybe just lose to like Suzuki Gun.
1: So you so because they've already taken possibly, but I mean, if you were gonna do that, if you were just gonna have them, uh, so you think they're gonna lose to those three teams and then lose to Suzuki Goon, and basically finish
0: with like uh, what? I think ten points. Yeah, I mean, they might eat one. I don't know. It's so hard. I mean, this is such a small tournament, and I I think they're gonna be a dominant team. I I don't know. I can't. Seeing them have three losses, I don't know.
1: Well, let's talk about Sho and Yo, and maybe that will give us a, a little bit clearer idea. So they the only team that they've lost to is Bushi and Tagagi, the team that we just talked about from LIJ. They still have um, mat- matchups against Kushida and Sabin, Super 69, uh, the CMLL team of Volador and Soberano, and then they also have uh, Liger
0: and Tiger Mask ahead of them. Right. And I mean, I think those teams for them are all beatable. I believe they had their toughest challenges at the beginning. I mean, they have already fought the three of the better teams in the tournament thus far, and the three teams that can give them trouble. So I I could see Rapungi 3K running it from here. I mean, maybe they, they hit one upset loss going in, but they're another team that... I have, I have a hard time seeing them losing much more in a tournament, too.
1: Yeah, because you have several of these teams that are pretty close right now with two wins apiece. So you kind of have to draw some distance between them. You can't do too much parity booking in this tournament. Otherwise, you'll wind up with, with like a crazy tie. And then you have to figure out a tiebreaker. So someone has to kind of break apart at this probably in the next uh, few nights. Um, so, yeah, I would say Bushi, I would only see Bushi and Takagi, as well as Sho and Yo maybe taking one more loss the rest of the tournament.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I can see both of those guys, yeah, tying at, you know, 10 points to get into the finals.
1: Now, here's the thing Kanemaru and Desperado already hold, hold a win over Sho and Yo. And hypothetically, if they beat Bushi and Takagi, they would hold the tiebreaker. Over both of those teams, provided they ended up with the same amount of points, so they would need to basically wind up with nine points or less to not wind up in the finals. Right.
0: Yeah, and I think the Super Goon team—they're kind of in trouble right now, being down. They already have
1: two losses, two losses,
0: and they're the champion. So not only do they will not win the tournament, they potentially have a bunch of challengers mm-hmm. waiting for them. Uh, post power struggle.
1: So you would think that they would need. I mean, I don't know. We we kind of theorized about the same thing with Jay White in the G One, and he didn't wind up <laughs> defending against any of them. Same thing with. Uh, same thing with uh, Goto. Yeah. Same thing with Kenny. I mean, to a certain extent, he didn't. He only defended against one of his, uh, you know, uh, conquerors during the G One.
0: You mean uh, uh, you meant Juice Robinson, not Jay White, right?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Juice Robinson. Who was the U.S. champion during...
0: Juice Robinson. Juice was... I'm sorry.
1: Oh, you know what I was about to ask was the Intercontinental, but it was Jericho. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, we saw three instances during the tournament where there was three champions. They all lost to people, and they didn't end up defending against all their challengers. So, yeah. I I do think that the scenario that we kind of set out at the beginning of last week where... uh, Suzuki-Goon ends up in a multi-man match at Wrestle Kingdom is probably what's going to
0: happen. Right. I could definitely see it end up being Suzuki-Goon, Roppongi 3K, and LIJ.
1: But at this point, um, Suzuki-Goon still has the LIJ team. They still have Tiger and Liger. They have the CMLL team and then they've got the Bullet Club team. Um, yeah, I think that they're going to win all those matches and get upset. On the last night, by Tiger Mask and Liger,
0: mm. they get some uh, get some revenge on those guys. I think that's I think that's what you need to
1: do. So I think that they're going to end up beating all these teams. I also think that um, with Ishimori and Eagles, the fact that they've already lost to Sho and Yo, I think that they eat one more loss to Kanemaru and Desperado, mm-hmm. and then at that point. If they end up with the similar uh, number of points to Roppongi 3K, they kind of lose the tiebreaker. The tie tie breaker. Breaker. yeah. The only way that the only way that they could wind up in a situation where it's convoluted is if they beat the Lij team. Yeah. Um, and wind up, and then they all have a three-way tie, and then it's it, it would go down
0: to the tiebreaker. Yeah.
1: Although, I mean, who knows? What if they end up doing a triple threat? I don't know. That power struggle.
0: Oh, for the finals? They could. Hmm. I didn't
1: think about that. I mean, I don't know if that's something that they would do, but right. they could, hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably... I think Ishimori and Eagles will probably take a loss to Candemar and Desperado, and a loss to, uh, to the LIJ team and beat everybody else at this point. Right. Most likely. And then, I mean... I think at the, I think with all that being said, I mean I think it's kind of playing out the way that we saw envisioned it. I don't see, I mean, the CMLL team has already taken two losses. Toguchi Japan's already taken two losses. Uh, Kushida and Saban have already taken two losses. So I mean, all three of those teams are like right on their way
0: out, essentially, right now. Right, and honestly, I I don't see the CMLL team getting a lot more, getting many more wins in this tournament. Uh, Super Sixty Nine, I could see them making a comeback since they are former champions and have been in the finals of the tournament. Yeah. Um, Time Machine, uh, it, it's gonna be kind of up in the air for them. You
1: know who Liger and Tiger Mask have got four points right now. That's very surprising.
0: Yeah. You know, you would think they would be one of the one and two teams, or just O and three, but. But they still have
1: Show and Yo, and they still have Kanemaru and Desperado. So yeah <laughs> But yeah it's kind of Playing out the way that we thought it would be uh, At this point I mean the three teams that That are in the lead essentially Bushing you know LIJ Suzuki Goon and Rapangi 3K with uh, You know Bullet Club and Tiger And Liger playing like the outside guys Right outside of that that trio Essentially
0: yeah Um, What have your thoughts Been on the tournament overall you know, overall, it's it's just been fine. I mean, the best match of the tournament, like we mentioned, was the first night. That was the only match that's gotten in four-star range. Everything else has been in three-star range. And, you know, there, a lot of these guys are super talented, and you we would expect, you'd be hoping for a little bit better, you know, be hoping for, like, that tag version of best of Super Juniors, and we haven't gotten that. No. Now, at the same time, not to be too negative, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, there are good They're good matches. Nothing has been below three stars. Nothing has been horrible. I mean, they're all watchable matches. Yeah. So it's like.
1: Well, you know, um, well, you know something, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, people complain about, like, let's say Fantascomania time, right? You yeah. Know, they say it's like one of the worst times of the year, but I would take that any day over this. Um, and I don't want to be too down on this, but it does. I mean, like in years past, because of the fact that it was a single elimination tournament, we've actually gotten better matches out of this tournament than we're currently getting, given the fact that it's a block tournament and block yeah. tournaments are grueling and you're on a tour. And, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there there's several different ways you can look at it. I mean, there's the fact that the juniors are getting an opportunity. Headline shows,
0: yeah, yeah, be the main event of, these shows, the main event of yeah. these shows,
1: and you know, get showcased, which is excellent. I mean, you know, what other company is out there doing that? Um, so that's great. On the flip side of things, these matches not, are not really blow away. If you want my honest opinion, if I wasn't um trying to cover, you know, for for this podcast, this these shows would be the kind of like. New Japan shows that you just put on in the background while you're like doing chores or, you know, doing something else and it just kind of is background noise. That's you know, obviously there's a tournament going on and there is a sense of urgency and importance, but these guys
0: almost aren't even wrestling like that is the case. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I would expect, you know, more four-star range matches, but you you would just you would
1: think that based on the talent level that we have in this tournament we've never had a junior tag league that was this stacked yeah and so yeah i mean on the one hand i'm not invested in this because it is the the junior tag league and it is the junior tag titles and it's been a devalued title ever since you know the young bucks left the division i mean this is a very different um division than when we had red dragon and the young bucks and the time splitters and and, uh, roppongi roppongi Vice yeah. and all these different teams it's it's not the same and over the past year we've essentially only had three teams we've had liger and tiger and roppongi 3k and suzuki Goon. yeah and they've taught us pretty much all year they've conditioned us to think that these titles were not that important um so I mean, it's two ways. I mean, there's the, there's the aspect where you can look at this tournament and say, oh well, these titles don't matter, so why would I care about this tournament? Or you could say, oh, they're finally trying to put some, you know, some shine on the titles and give them a spotlight, mm-hmm. and this is a good thing, and it's a good way for them to bring up the uh, the division. Um, but it just, I guess what it really, what what bums me out the most is just that the matches are not that good. They're not bad, though. That's the thing. Like, nothing in this entire tournament has been bad. And that's where, that's kind of, like, it's just, it's a bunch of three-star tag matches. Right. It's, yeah. it's, these are road to shows. We're watching the type of tag matches they have on house shows. These are house show matches being masqueraded as an important, uh, <laughs> tournament, <laughs> an important tournament when it's really just house show tag matches. Yeah. There's nothing bad about it, but there's nothing spectacular about it either. They just happen to bring in Chris Saban and Volador and Robbie Eagles and, you know... ACH. And ACH, and they've got Shingo. <laughs> like, but one, I'm once this tournament's over, it's like the division's going to go back to exactly what it was. So how, how great is this? The, the one shining light out of all of this is Shingo.
0: Yeah, the LJ team, yeah.
1: It's not even. It's Shingo. <laughs> like this is the Shingo show, and aside from that, the rest of it is kind of inconsequential. I mean, uh, Rapongi three K is great, but they're not even having Rapongi three K level matches during this tournament. Yeah. So I mean, that's my take on it. Like nothing, nothing crazy. Like nothing bad, but I mean, nothing great. Um, I want to see Show and Yo and and you know uh, Lij run it back. I'm excited for that, but the, everything else. I mean, a lot of the matches that I was excited for have already happened, and they, they were nothing. So, yeah. I don't know how much more excited I can get for, you know, Time Machine versus Liger and Tiger. or
0: um, Tiger and Liger versus uki Yeah,
1: like, how much more excited can I get for this tournament? I mean, Ishimura and Eagles, even though they, like, have looked good, they haven't had any great matches. Yeah. So, this just feels like, I mean, really, it's like I can't wait for Power Struggle. And then I'm like, good God, the tag league's coming up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more, Uh, right now, I'm more excited for like the Young Lion shows in November than, than like any, than most other things that are coming up for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, um, how are our fans doing as far as the predictions go and the prediction contest?
0: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, the, a lot of fans, I mean, we, we do kind of have a, a log jam in the middle of uh, people. A lot of people had similar predictions, but uh, up top so far, based off of all the shows that are up, we have one person who pretty much almost had a perfect bracket. They've only missed one match so far. Wow. Uh, and... So, yeah, I mean, if they keep on the way they're going, then they could potentially, uh, you, you know. You know who you are. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to. <laughs> His name is the young boy, Joshua Smith. <laughs> it's, uh, I have email, so I don't have names. It's, uh, well, I won't say the email out on the air. Cause yeah, don't he, say it. Yeah, they'll, they'll get. They'll uh, get hate mail. Yeah, I don't want them getting spammed. But, yeah, <laughs> they yeah, they've only missed one matchup, and so they're in the lead right now, so. But we've got a couple people trailing right behind them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still a
1: close race right now. So, great. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on the World Tag League? Or, I'm sorry, Junior Tag League?
0: You know, you don't have to go out of your way to watch it if you don't want to. But at the end of the day, I mean, there are good matches. If you're a New Japan fan and fan of these guys, I, I would say go ahead and watch it.
1: I think the what the last they're going to be back in Cork in the last night
0: uh th- we have some i think so but there are some there are some live shows i believe uh thursday and friday okay so those will
1: probably be better um and i'm sure that or friday and saturday i'm sure like that. that some of these matchups that i'm kind of complaining about they are just road to shows once we get to the end of the tournament we'll probably get some better performances so you know don't don't give up all hope just
0: yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm hoping when we get to those Those live shows at the end of this week um, That they'll be better um, So yeah, I'm pulling up the schedule Right now So yeah, on Friday there'll be a live show At Corken Hall As well as Saturday A uh, live show in Corrigan Hall And then uh, Sunday and Monday Will be video on demand And Wednesday um, Halloween will also be video On demand And then um, the last Row 2 show will be uh, Thursday, November 1st. That'll be live. Then November 3rd rolls into Power Struggle.
1: Yeah. So hopefully those Corkin shows will be good. And then we have that last night, you know. So, um, yeah. All right. Let's jump into the news. Great. So we're going to get right to it. So um, if you haven't heard, we talked about it at the top of the show, but... um, A new recently added uh, match To the Power Struggle card The recently crowned Undisputed British heavyweight champion uh, Tomohiro Ishii Will be defending his Rev Pro title Against Minoru Suzuki at Power Struggle Which is expected to be a banger
0: Yeah dude, it's expected to be the match of the night
1: So those guys have had Three matches, or two other matches this year They wrestled at the uh, Strong Style Evolved UK shows Mm -hmm. Um, That's where Ishii dropped the title To Suzuki and then um, he just recently won the title back from Suzuki and Rev Pro at the Global War Show. So this will be the first match between them one on one this year in Japan, in New Japan proper. So I'm very much so looking at uh, you know looking forward to that. Very excited for that match, and that should be great. Um, the Wrestle Kingdom 13 tickets for overseas fans through Lawson are going on sale on October 25th. So this show's gonna uh, drop on the 24th. 23rd. 23rd. So you'll have two days. If you are wanting to pick up those tickets, they're going to go on sale soon. And I can guarantee you, just like they do every year, for overseas fans, they will sell out quickly. So if you want to, you know, see the ace take Ace versus Omega, you definitely <laughs> want to get those tickets. Um, if you haven't noticed, Will Osprey is off the road to uh, Power Struggle uh, shows. Um, we still don't know his status for Power Struggle.
0: Right, I know I saw him tweet out uh, during the week. He was like, "You know, it's been a few days, and I'm still not feeling any better." So it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to be healed in time to wrestle at a uh, Power Struggle.
1: Yeah, so I thought it was interesting I, when I was collecting the news for this week. I saw that Cody was supposed to wrestle Will Osprey uh, in a new promotion called Fight Forever. I, I think in Edinburgh on December sixth, and then they canceled that booking and they replaced uh, Osprey with El Phantasmo due due to uh, Osprey's um, injury. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, maybe they're just gonna he's gonna power through. Do the power struggle show because they, he, you know, he can't leave them in that spot, but then that probably means he's not going to win the belt. I was assuming, or possibly at least that's what I was inferring, and I was like, he's probably going to need to take time off, he's probably injured. But then earlier today, OTT announced that on November 10th, Osprey's returning and he'll be wrestling in the main event, uh, him and Jordan Devlin taking on Ring Comp. So it's like that's a whole month before that December
0: show. Yeah. So who know I don't who knows what the stat like is Osprey working some of these promotions?
1: <laughs> or or maybe Osprey was doing what he did like WrestleMania weekend, saying he was going to fulfill his dates, but then maybe he like maybe he's not healing the way he thought he was, and maybe it's still up in the air.
0: So yeah. we really don't know his status right I now. I guess that's that's a tag match. It's a little bit easier to hide him in the in the tag match. Maybe I mean, yeah.
1: or they might have to pull him. I don't know. Yeah. Um. What do you think they should do if he winds up not being you know able to challenge for the title against Chi?
0: Do you cool. just scrap it or do you replace him? I think you replace him. The, the only thing that sucks is, you know, we're, we're getting very hyped for Osprey versus Bushi for the never title. And you can't put Abushi versus Taishi because, you know, Golden Lovers are already in a match that night. Um, so, you know, we were talking about this before we recorded, you know, who could they possibly. Uh, put in to face Tai Chi, and you know one guy that came up was uh, you know Big Mike Michael it, Elgin. That's one option. He's the guy that's been in the never picture pretty much all year, and he's kind of been missing in action pretty much you know the last few months really. Um, hasn't really done anything big or been in anything really.
1: I thought about him just because he was in that triple threat with Goto and and uh, Tai Chi. Tai Chi, and they never kind of paid off the 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 whole thing with uh, Elgin and Tai Chi. So that's one way you could bring in uh, Jeff Cobb. Potentially, I don't think you could continue to do a junior moving up. Like, the only guy that will be available really that's not in this tag league is like maybe Marty Skrull, and that kind of wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe have Kushida challenge. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. that would that see maybe go to. You know gets a, a rematch, yeah, it's a tough, tough call, but uh, we'll keep you posted, we'll figure out what's going on with Will Ospreay. Hopefully, he gets healthy and hopefully, he can compete. Um, as we talked about earlier, Trent Beretta challenged Cody for the U.S. title um, on the first night of Road to Power Struggle. Uh, Cody actually put up a, a poll on Twitter. Did you see that?
0: Yeah, asking him whether he thinks Trent. Uh, she deserves a tile shot.
1: Yeah, and he said yes, no, and then he put up a third option, which was who. <laughs> um, and it was kind of funny because Tam actually responded to this, and he essentially was offended that he said who, and he was like, of course he does. This guy's been here, you know, day one. He's, like, worked every single day. He's like, did you d- d- uh, deserve that U.S. tile shot? Yeah. And he was like, the answer is no. Yeah. because Basically just saying, like, you're not even part of the roster, essentially. Yeah.
0: Company man, Tam.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, Tam is supposed to be this big heel, but, like, he's definitely towing the company line with all his tweets. Like, yeah. maybe he's, like, found, like, maybe that's his gimmick. Like, he, uh, it's like he's like the anti Brian Pillman. <laughs> like, he plays like a, like a, a like a, uh,
0: heel like a,
1: a loose cannon
0: heel, but, like, in real life, he's a babyface. But the way
1: he's working us is, like, by babyfacing and, like, being, like, a company man. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Robbie Eagles, we talked about, you know, how his tournament is going. Uh, they just posted a recent interview on NJPW 1972 talking about, you know, his experience getting brought over to New Japan and, you know, his time over in uh, Australia. So if you get a chance, definitely want to check that out. Um Another person who had a interview go up this past week, Rocky Romero, was interviewed by Uproxx, so if you get a chance, Rocky's always a great interview, so you definitely want to check that out as well. Did you see Y2J's promo on Evil?
0: I have not. I saw the video pop up, but I have not got a chance to watch it oh, yet. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah.
1: Basically, like he just buries Evil and talks about like all the guys that he's wrestled, Shawn Michaels and <laughs> The Undertaker, and like, you know, this is... This is the biggest match of Evil's career, but it's nothing for Chris Jericho, essentially. So it's pretty great. Nice. Good hype for this match that's coming up, so you definitely want to check it out. Um, This past week, um, there was issues where New Japan started banning... Um, gift makers like uh, Mr. Lariato. Mr. Lariato and different people like that and uh, was serving people notices DCMA um, violations
0: and then cease and desist yeah
1: cease and desist and then um, Showbuckle who we've praised and talked about and he had to actually move his entire channel from uh, YouTube, YouTube to Vimeo yeah. um, they actually served him a DCMA uh, notice as well and he had to like make his entire page private
0: yeah, dude, it's crazy. I don't get why all of a sudden New New Japan is trying to like, like go after people like this. Like, bro, it's very simple. It's Harold. I know, but <laughs> dude, he doesn't understand. Like, dude, gifts. Like, it's Michael Craven. <laughs> gifts are a great way for people to share highlights from matches and highlights from shows. Like, everybody uses gifts. They're so easy, so shareable. Like. They're not ripping the whole show and putting it for free on Twitter. Like, I don't get what's the problem with gifts. And, you know, Showbuckle, they should be hiring this guy. Yeah. He should be creating content for their YouTube channel. Yeah, well, the stuff he creates is just incredible. It's, his. Uh, I'm sorry, but his work, I love Showbuckle's videos way better than any of the stuff they've done on the New Japan YouTube. Oh, I think it's
1: the best content for, like, on the Internet as far yeah. as, like recapping wrestling stories like nobody else is doing it as good as him nobody yeah for I mean, any company yeah like even the ww machine doesn't like put together content on their channel that's you know as good as what showbuckle does so
0: yeah yeah dude if i was, yeah, harold should be calling this man up and being like will you please run our channel
1: well i did see that uh voices of wrestling's twitter account said that um that new japan has been made aware of you know the complaints uh about their policy and that they're uh, reviewing it and that they are expected to make a uh a public statement regarding this in the next couple days so and that was just a few hours ago when they posted that so um it's not falling on deaf ears and hopefully they do the right thing and kind of like you know i'm not saying that obviously like it's your intellectual property you you own the copyright so you can do whatever you want but you know you don't want to push away your fan base especially when you're trying to reach out to so many people that are you know what i mean right so i mean uh hopefully we can find a a common ground here to where it's not like you know taboo to share a gif like that's stupid um also, this past week, um, did you see that Harold Mai was dressed up like Piccolo? Yes, I did. <laughs> what What the heck is going
0: on? <laughs> I don't know, man. That man loves him some special beam cannon, I guess. I, I
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they put uh, New Japan put up the tweet, and then I guess it got taken down real quick. So I don't know if they thought like second thoughts on that. Yeah. Like, like, what? What are our sponsors? It was up in Reddit
0: for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's still <laughs> on Reddit. Over, yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, it was very interesting. I yeah. mean, if I'm the president of new japan and i think to myself like how am i how am i gonna flex at this cork and hall show i'm gonna dress up like piccolo (laughs) like what
0: Uh, we'll never see it coming
1: like i was just thinking about those memes like weird flex but okay (laughs) um jay white was recently uh when he was uh doing the post-match interviews he said that he has a spy working for him in chaos at this current time uh, what do you what do you think about that, Jeremy?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure who it could really be. It's Yano! <laughs> you know, you know, there it, maybe it's Beretta since he defended Beretta Possibly. and wants Beretta to get a title shot. Who knows? I mean, could it be Rocky? The ultimate swerve. They're they're causing all this issue, all these
1: issues. Rocky's talking all this mess, and then Rocky swerves on uh, Rapongi 3K and
0: everything. I'm sure Rocky would love to get a Bull Club uh, check with that T-shirt. Get get a uh, Rocky Club version and get get some pay on that. I it could be a red herring. We don't know. Yeah, but yeah. He, he could just be just working us and you know talking crap. But apparently,
1: there's a spy in chaos, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, Kenny Omega's birthday passed this last week. For his birthday, he got a swift punch in the face from uh, Don Callis. <laughs> And a uh, great sell job to Don. It was awesome. Made that, made that look like a million bucks. In uh, February 2019, uh, big news. Rest, there's going to be a combined show between NOAA, All Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, Wrestle One and Zero One. Is that I correct? So, yeah. Yeah. So these five companies are going to be doing a combined show called Wrestling All-Star Battle. Um, it's been a while since a combined show like this has taken place. I mean, we've seen lots of co-promotions throughout the years. The last time, um, you know, multiple companies came together like this was the All Together shows after the tsunami um, a couple years back when Noah All Japan, and New Japan combined. Um, so this is kind of a homage to that. Um, you know, back in the 70s, um, they did a all-star show like this. Uh, Tokyo Sport, usually Tokyo Sport is the one that... Um, sponsors this sort of thing and i believe they're sponsoring this as well and that show in the 70s saw the final tag match uh, where baba and ricky dozen i'm sorry baba and inoki tagged together they took on um abdullah the butcher and tiger jeet singh i believe ali jeet singh i don't remember but yeah um did big business at the time. I don't know who's gonna be airing this. Um, I'm assuming it's just gonna be a lot of multi-man matches. Yeah. But to see like the stars of Noah and the stars of All Japan. Who goes over? Who's who's booking this thing? We're, we're gonna. See. <laughs> I, I I'm excited, dude. Yeah. See some Nakajima. See some Kino. See some uh, Zeus, the bodyguard. You know, Kento Miyahara Like, yes, I'm all about this. I love co-promotion. They need to have an ace team. <laughs> Where they put like they need to put like uh, well I don't follow the companies Kentō Miyahara Tanahashi and I don't know who the ace is over Noah I know I know they were pushing for Nakajima I don't know who it is right now it's I know it's not Nakajima I don't know Sagura well, I don't know but yeah they got a lot of good talent uh, in these different companies so uh, I'm excited. Yeah, it should be good stuff. So we'll see. Um, good friend over at uh, our good friend Wilfred, over at the Wilfred Watches podcast, he had an interview with Hanare this past week. Um, I got a chance to check that out today. It's pretty interesting. So if you get a chance, check that out. If you want to learn more about, um, you know,
0: told Hanare's journey. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, the free match of the week is uh, the Legion of Doom taking on... Uh, Masahiro Chono and uh, Kiji Muto from uh, July of 1990. Uh, that's actually a match I've never seen, so probably want to check that out. They're they're offering it in both English and Japanese.
0: Oh, who's doing the English commentary on that? It's uh, it's Donka. It's um, it's Kevin Kelly, Kelly and, and uh Mark or, uh, where's that or, Ashka? Yeah. Yeah, and I I
1: started to watch one of those matches with the English commentary. I gotta tell you, I didn't like it. Is it weird? Yeah, it's it is actual full commentary throughout the whole match. Which I gotta say I think is a it's a big misstep. Um and the reason why is the audio. It's it's um. It's a, it's off. Yeah. Well, you can tell. Obviously, you can tell. But I mean, it's like, well, the thing is, you can't take away the Japanese commentary. Oh uh, so like, how are you gonna? It's it's an old embedded video. How are you uh, gonna get rid of that commentary? Right. So they're commentating over that. They have to. So basically, they're bringing the audio way down. Uh, and then, so it's really hard for them to produce something that's like authentic and great um, where like the crowds are so low and the match is so low yeah. and it's kind of like them just talking the other thing too is like Kevin Kelly is great but and and Mark's fine but like them talking about something that they still are learning about I mean they definitely did their homework but it's, it's not like it's not like listening to them you know, cover today's product. Right. I would have much rather preferred that they did what they had talked about doing, like where they gave backstory and then allowed the match to play out. It'd feel more organic because then you could just experience the match. And if they wanted to cut in in the middle of the match and and give you an update on what what something was, that'd be cool. But it's full commentary, and mm. I didn't. I don't think it's. I would. I would say if you're watching, and you like, you might as well you just watch in Japanese. Japanese yeah. Yeah. Um, I also saw that um, I I don't know if you're familiar with Spoiler Free Wrestling Have you ever seen their page? No I haven't I haven't either but I saw that they are posting A weekly New Japan uh, news report um, In written form And it's actually really good I checked it out this week Um, So we want to give a plug out to that Spoiler Free Wrestling Their weekly New Japan report Maybe we need to steal that gimmick I don't know But, uh, yeah, check them out if you want to uh, have something written out that you can see every week. Um, we talked earlier at the uh, top of the show, Don Callis has been talking about basically the fact that he hasn't been called back by New Japan ever since he missed those G1 dates.
0: Yeah. So I know Jericho tweeted out saying he thinks it's a big mistake that they're not using Don Callis.
1: Yep. And then um, the Fantastica Mania tour dates were, are going to run this uh, year from January 11th to January 21st. And then um, the three big shows will take place on the 18th, the 20th, and the 21st in Corkin. So we don't have any uh, announced talent yet or anything like that. But, you know, I think this is like the ninth year that they've done it. So yeah.
0: I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I really enjoyed last year's Fantastica Mania. Dude, I love CMLL. I'm yeah. all about it. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't know why people hate it. Like it's great. Yeah, I know a lot of people like. There were some really good matches
1: on on last year. Like Volador and uh, Barbaro Cabernero was yes. great. Yes. Uh, the the brothers tag team uh,
0: tournament. Main, yeah, yeah, main yeah. Event. The Guerreros
1: yeah. taking on. Uh, they took on. Uh, it was Dragon Lee and in, uh,
0: Ru- um, not Rush, Um Um, Mystico.
1: Yeah, Mystico. Mystico too. Yeah. That match was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and there's uh, I don't remember all the matches. Grand Gros versus Niebla Rojas. I
0: think so. That match was really good. Kojima and Roosh.
1: Yeah, it was okay. Well,
0: <laughs> why are you loving Kojima so much? That match wasn't even that good.
1: But yeah, like I'm excited. I, I can't wait. Hope I hope I hope that they bring in Negro Casas this year. Like I love Negro Casas. He's my favorite. Um, and then. Um, if you get a chance this week, you might want to go to Chris Charlton's page at ReasonJP. He had some uh, translations from Tanahashi regarding the um, press conference that him and Omega did and his thoughts on it. It was pretty thought-provoking stuff. He also talked about how like if Kenny doesn't want to play the bad guy in this whole thing, he might be forced to. Mm. Very interesting stuff. He also had some thoughts on like uh, and and everything like that. So definitely want to check that out. Uh, last night was the NWA 70th Anniversary Show. Um, spoiler alert if you you know haven't seen it or don't want to know, but uh, uh, we now have a new NWA World Heavyweight Champion as Nick Aldis defeated Cody in a best out of three falls match to win
0: back the NWA title. Yeah. Uh, I've been hearing very good reports. I have not seen this match yet, but I've been hearing great things. Um, you know, four-star range... Yeah, I'm hearing. I'm hearing the match was really good. Nick so. Aldis had uh, Camilla Kane out there who dates Braun Strowman. Uh, she's a bodybuilder, and uh, she, he was. She was his uh, insurance policy to take care of Brandy Rhodes. So I guess she did a good job because Nick is now the new champ.
1: They were saying they were. They had some uh, technical issues with the audio.
0: Yeah, I, I've been hearing review. there was a lot of production issues. You could hear the commentators like talking during video packages. You can hear like the director calling cut, a backstage segment, and just audio not working on certain video packages, heard it was a hot mess. So
1: they have some things to work out, but you know, I heard nothing but good things about the main event, which is great and, yeah, uh,
0: and I heard all the other good match- all the other matches were good too I heard that, you know, Willie Mack was a standout What do you think
1: about that new NWA national I think title?
0: it's ugly, I think it's horrible looking I think everyone who thinks that is stupid. Well, I guess you think I'm stupid, but I, I do not like the look of that belt. Bro, What's, that
1: belt looks awesome. What No, are you no it about?
0: doesn't, bro. Oh, my gosh. That belt is awesome. That screams, like, old school, like, oh, so I guess what it's they, the NWA. What, what they want, but oh, my gosh. That belt looks great. You guys are crazy. No, but shout out to Willie Mack for winning it, though. I, I bet heard, you Willie Mack loves that belt. He's, of course, they, didn't pay yeah.
1: <laughs> um, they also talked about how the payday is planning to run uh, the Crockett Cup in 2019, which is, you know, one of my favorite all-time tournaments. The Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tournament, Tag Team Tournament. Like, like when I hear that, I just, I get excited, bro. Like, I think about, like, the old, like... Um, Turner Home Broadcasting, like tournaments, like two men <laughs> locked in Mortal Combat, like I love it, dude. Yeah. So
0: I'm just I'm curious to see what teams are going to be able to get. I know that they've been partnering with a lot of different companies, so I'm expecting to see a lot of Ring of Honor teams in there. Um, um,
1: well, you know, um, when they used to run the Crockett Cup tournament, they would bring in a lot of outside talent back in the day. You know, they they'd bring guys from Mexico, guys from. Uh, from Japan, and then they'd have, you know, international talent like the Sheep Herders, all, all sorts of different teams. So, I mean, I wouldn't be too surprised for them to be drawing from a lots of different, you know, indie promotions and even internationally. Yeah. And, um, you know, the NWA isn't like a... Promotion. Promotion. They don't, they don't have a roster. But, I mean... If I'm a tag team and I'm on the indies and they're running a uh, the Jim Crockett Cup I'm trying tournament, to get, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna let be, me in there. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get notoriety. So like, I would want to be part of it. And so I think that's a great. Some I've seen some people like blasting this move and thinking it's a stupid idea. I think it's a brilliant idea actually. I think it's really smart. So, um, also at the end of the night last night, uh, apparently Cody was talking about uh, All in Two taking place
0: next May. Yeah, he said it's probably gonna take place and possibly take place in May.
1: So, some people are taking that to mean that they're definitely not signing with WWE. I'm looking at it being like, we have no idea if he's even telling the truth. Right. Whether this is an actual plan they have or if they're just leaving. Like, who knows? Maybe who knows? Maybe Vince is going to let them run all in under the WWE
0: banner. I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> but so, one could hope.
1: Um, I also saw that Cody was teasing. Um, he was tweeting out today and talking about when his dates are up with Ring of Honor. Yeah, that he might be moving into a new role within the wrestling world.
0: Yeah, just just
1: more teasers and just more working us. Like, what is he talking about? Like, yeah, um, and I think that that's a good place to kind of talk about um, the rumors that came up this past week with uh, Chris Jericho, Jim Ross, The Elite, Access TV, and. Uh, What's his name? Khan? He's like the son son
0: of the owner of the Mavericks? Uh, I think it's the Jaguars. Or the Jaguars? Jacksonville Jaguars. But yeah, apparently, you know, there's this rumor came out that um, a billionaire wants to work with JR and uh, Jericho to start a new wrestling promotion. And rumor had it that they already had a TV deal. They're working on a TV deal with... um, access TV and that apparently that's where, uh, the elite, um, going to go next year.
1: So I saw, um, that Brian Alvarez was kind of refuting this earlier today and say like, and he said, yes, there, there have been talks of interest from, you know, this billionaire son, but I mean, that's not like even a new thing. I mean, that's since WCW is closed. It's happened a ton of times, and no promotion has ever actually lifted off
0: right. the ground. And I guess a big thing is like JR's contract, uh, WWE contract is expiring shortly, and apparently he's declined to renew his contract. And the rumor has it that he's sending out feelers to certain WWE performers, while Jericho has been sending out feelers on the New Japan side. Uh, and Barry Bloom, who is Jericho and Jim Ross agent, he's a, he was recently in Japan. Uh, taking meetings related to this deal, apparently, um, and like you mentioned, the, the, the project's supposed to be financed by the Khan family, um, who they own the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, the English Premier League. Um, so yeah, lots of room here saying you know that Cody and the Young Bucks are already on board, and, and so is Heyman Page. That Omega status is unclear. And uh, Barry Bloom also is the agent for Goldberg, so the potential of Goldberg being involved. There's a lot of craziness in the story.
1: Well, like right now, the the most recent reports that I've heard is that this is not true. Um, or at least that's what Brian Alvarez was saying, and, right. different people. and, and, Jericho, and they they were all and Jericho had come out and uh, refuted this as well as Jim Ross. The other thing too is that if the elite really were doing this and having these talks, they would be in, under contract violation. They could be; it'd be a big issue for them. But um, you know, I think part of it is that one reason that a lot of people are questioning this is that. The original reports are coming from SES Scoops, I believe, Yeah. is the the group. Yep. And they've had uh, a history of reporting, like, news stories like this that didn't pan
0: out and ended up not... I don't want to call it fake news, but, you know, weren't necessarily based in... Right. They probably got... They probably heard something and they spun a whole story out of just a little tidbit that they've heard.
1: Now, is it possible that this could be happening? I mean, maybe. I mean, what do you think?
0: I mean... Anything is possible in the wrestling business, especially in 2018. So, I mean, could this potentially be, could happen? Yes. Do I think it's happening? Not really. I think it, it'd it be a lot for the elite guys to, to risk doing this, going to a whole new promotion. But yet again, they did all in, and so maybe they want to try doing their own promotion. I
1: did see that Cody was tweeting, and he was like, I'm going all in on the Jaguars this season. (laughs) (laughs) Got a good feeling about them, and uh, different stuff like that, so that's
0: kind of funny. So yeah, I mean, we'll keep our eye on it, but I don't, I don't expect this story to.
1: But um, if this, to... if this story is true, Brad Davis at SES Scoops was the first one to break it, and he has done a fantastic job of journalism. And if this is literally just fake news, then He's it a was, Mark. It was Brad Davis at <laughs> SES Scoops who broke this story. <laughs> um, although Access TV has came out and come th- out and denied any involvement in any wrestling promotion linked to Chris Jericho, and they said that. They're not looking to do anything outside of New Japan at this current time. Um, I would say that if Jericho is siphoning New Japan guys from New Japan, I would be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so pissed. Um, yeah, that would suck. So, um, What's Okada doing in the promotion of Jericho? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Cody actually was also ripping promoters earlier this uh, week on Twitter talking about how Uh, The wrestlers know more basically at this point,
0: right? And the promoters don't know how to
1: handle them. Promoters are clueless and and irresponsible, and um, yeah, that got a lot of like fire. A lot of different people had different takes on that. So I think I think these guys are just working. They're just like it's all just leverage for them to get paid the biggest amount of money that they can. Yeah. Um, other stuff that's been going on this week. So Nick Jackson actually was tweeting, uh, tweeting out. Someone asked him, uh, what you know, what wrestlers he would like to wrestle, current, past, or future, and he said the Young Bucks versus the Usos and the Elite versus the New Day. So kind of tells you who he's wanting to work with potentially. Mm, yeah, they've been wanting to do that for a while though. Um, Another spoiler, so Jeff Cobb was at PWG this past week. Obviously, he won BOLA earlier last month, and he had a title challenge against uh, Big Daddy Walter. And, uh, you know, congratulations to Jeff Cobb as he lifted the PWG title off of Walter. He's the new PWG world
0: champion. Yeah, Jeff is having a great end of the year. Wins Bola beats Walter. He's the TV champ for Ring of Honor. Uh, this guy's getting booked all over the place.
1: And when he comes to Long Beach, she's gonna whoop that Goto at. <laughs> 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 yeah. So he's uh yeah he's having a good year. Um, RevPro actually has announced um, their uprising event in 2018. Um, the uprising event that they have coming up, there they've already announced that they're going to have Minoru Suzuki. Or I'm sorry, uh, Tomohiro Ishii defend his title against David Starr, who is their current uh, cruiserweight champion. So David Starr trying to win, you know, both titles. They also are going to have uh, the team of. Suzuki-gun, which it which would be um, Zack Sabre Jr. as well as Minoru Suzuki. They're going to be taking on, I believe it's CCK? Yes, yeah, CCK. I think that's who they're wrestling. I could be wrong. Maybe it's Aussie Open. I forget. But that's coming up shortly. Um, Rep- Repro also just uh, released their first episode of TV this past week on um, Free Sports. And uh, Liger was actually featured on that episode, so was Kushida, Zack Sabre Jr., uh, Oka, the Great Okarn, so heavy New Japan. was an Osprey on there, too, I think? Uh, No. No? Okay. No, the the main event was Kushida and Zack Sabre Jr., Uh, which... What I'm hearing was amazing. Yeah, they said it was a great match. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, right on the same week as uh, WWE launching their... Um,
0: NXT UK. NXT UK. Which is also a pretty good show. You should check that out. So
1: we'll see what happens with Brett Pro, but congratulations to their new TV deal. And uh, yeah, Uprising looks good. Um, I also listened to the X-Pac podcast earlier today. He talked about the New Japan unrest and the rumors that are going on. And he, he kind of addressed it. He said something that I thought was very interesting. And he was like basically if these rumors are true and he thinks they are he was like because he's like he basically said that he's talked to guys himself as well who've kind of said the same thing and he's like the bottom line is he's like you can have a company going as strong as you want and have all these great matches but if as soon as like people's attitudes change then all your momentum dies and he was like and literally he's like vince will buy all these guys from you he was like, he's like, you wanna, you wanna basically like lose a company real quick. He was like, Vince will come in and he will get every one of these guys. He will pay them whatever he has to just to put them on the shelf. And he's like, he's like, trust me, that will happen. He was like, and that he's like, he's like, if you if if hypothetically if management is in the wrong and they don't know how to relate to wrestlers, they don't know how to talk to them or you know handle talent relations. He was like, this company will die. Yeah. Which I was like, I mean, that might be a little. Overstating it, I don't. I don't expect Nuge Band to die or anything like that. But I thought he brought up a good point because, I mean, you know, who wants to work at a place where you feel undervalued?
0: Right. I know. I don't. You know, with all those TV deals and Saudi money, you know, Vince can easily throw that cash around.
1: Yeah. So um, that was interesting. I know Jim Ross on the Ross Report also talked uh, earlier this week about the Elite's contracts coming up and where he thinks that they're going to go, what they're going to do. So you might want to check that out. Um, outside of New Japan, there's a really good match coming up for Dragon Gate's uh, upcoming show. We've uh, they're, they're running a special international singles match between Pac and Flamita.
0: Dude, I need to get my hands on that match. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, um, yeah, that that looks like a banger. Uh, Ring of Honor Global Wars is coming up next month, and a bunch of New Japan talent has already been announced for it. They actually start releasing some of the matches. Yeah. Um, The talent looks good, but the matches, I'm kind of like... They're literally running like Bully Ray and Silas Young against the Young Bucks.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, eh... Dude, I'm so don't get me started on Bully Ray. I'm so over that man on Ring so, of Honor.
1: We'll see what you know what these cards look like once they come out. You know, I know cards. there
0: was one tag match that looked interesting. It was like a multi-man tag with like Young Bucks first time machine versus Lij versus I think, Gresham, I think Gresham's Oh, Gresham and Lethal. Car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: it's right. i mean yeah but it just it looks like you know your regular ring of honor multi man match like there's nothing compelling there yeah um it does make me wonder what these msg cards are really going to look like like how good can a new japan ring of honor card be you know what i yeah. mean yeah so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I know earlier this week, Scott Demore, uh was being interviewed, and they asked him about the Ring of Honor impact relationship. And he basically said, like, you know, he's like, we're not in a partnership. He's like, but we're not enemies either. And he was like, there have been opportunities this past year for us to have allowances for guys to work together. And he kind of brought up, like, Austin Aries showing up in Ring of Honor. He also talked about um, Chris Sabin being allowed to come work for them when they did a show, I think, with Border City Wrestling. Yeah. Um, And he said, you know, there have been, like, some things like that that have occurred this past year. And so, he's like, you know, the the wrestling world's kind of changing and, you know, he's like, it will, you know, so I think that's something to kind of be optimistic about. Hopefully, you know, these companies can work together more in the future and exchange talent because... I mean dude, if you want to, if you want my honest opinion, you look at the two rosters. Like Impact's got the better roster. Yeah, they do. I would there's a lot more matchups of guys that are in Impact that I'd like to see wrestle New Japan guys than Ring of Honor guys. Like yeah. So, um Especially if you take away the elite, right? Yeah, (laughs) you're working
0: with not much there.
1: Also, um, we didn't touch on this last week, but Michael Elgin won the CMLL Grand Prix that we talked about being showed on Honor Club. So if you have an Honor Club subscription, you can see it. It's also on uh, YouTube. YouTube, and um, I actually saw his match with with uh, Ultimo Guerrero from uh, you know the Friday night show in, in Arena Mexico, and I mean it was awesome, bro. It was. Really, really, that's really, on really, my really that's on counts. my
0: list to watch.
1: Yeah, I give it a high recommendation. If if you like house battles, if you like lucha house battles, <laughs> then you're gonna love this match. And uh, yeah, let's close out the show. We're gonna talk about being the elite, episode one twenty two, the brass rings.
0: Before we talk about being the elite, there's one thing I just thought about. Something we talked about last week or two weeks ago. Punishment Martinez.
1: Oh yeah, uh, he officially signed with the NXT. Yeah. Yep. So he's in the performance center. Chelsea Green's in the performance center. Mia Riddle, Yim.
0: Mia Yim. They just keep signing everybody up, man. Yeah, man. Super promotions. All right, but yeah. Now being the elite uh, episode was one twenty two. Brass rings. What do you think about it?
1: Uh, I was. It was pretty good. I thought it was funny. Um, you know, they talked about Flip Gordon not being on the show the past few weeks, and then, you know, they were like, "Well, kind of felt like your character peaked at all in."
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have to go out there and grab the uh, imaginary brass ring. So he basically just was inserting himself into everybody's bit like all week. First, he like super kicked the Young Bucks, stole their super kicks, and then he like jumped in the uh, SCU.
1: Bro, when he jumped
0: in with SCU and he's like,
1: this is the worst.
0: (laughs) Like,
1: he's like, where were they they're in Philly he's like Philly cheesesteaks suck yeah. he's like their football team sucks <laughs> yeah. he's like everybody knows that the Patriots should have beat them in the Super Bowl
0: <laughs> and like
1: yeah SCU just looked like so befuddled and confused they had no clue
0: what was going yeah, on yeah he there. tried to steal like all the, the uh, Trevor and Arthur the two hand like oh, yeah, the, yeah, their yeah. gimmick
1: yeah that was pretty funny so um yeah uh but I mean there wasn't a lot on the show that was too crazy. Uh, mean,
0: Triple H sent Stardust,
1: or sent Cody the that, Stardust. That was the funniest thing of the whole episode. He's <laughs> like, "Hope this still fits." Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So Cody Rhodes is backstage and he gets a note says, "I hope it still fits, H." And he opens up his uh, bag and there's the freaking Stardust outfit, which was
0: <laughs> so hilarious. Dude, I was dying laughing. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: Um, and then obviously like the young Bucks are talking about. How they don't know what they're
0: gonna do next year and they can't. Yeah, Marty to invited Nick this time to the, the the New Year's party. It's like January first. Like, yes, what else is New Year's Day? It doesn't change. It's the same day every year. What do you mean you can't commit? It's like uh, I just don't know, Marty. I can't. I can't commit.
1: But yeah, other than that, you know, just being the elite. <laughs> yeah,
0: man. I mean,
1: it was good. Yep. But I'm uh, you know, this week. We got to cover some of these Road 2 shows, but next week we're going to bring you our preview of Power Struggle, and I think that's going to be, like, that's our last really big show of the year, and I'm really, really
0: looking forward to Power Struggle. Like, yeah. Like, very geeked up for it. Yeah, it's going to be a great card. I feel like a lot of great stuff is going to mm-hmm. happen.
1: Also, we've been working on our uh, year-end awards very rigorously this past week. We worked hard on yeah, this Yeah, it's so. been
0: some tough uh, decisions, some... Tough choices, tough conversation. We've only got
1: October, November, and then that's going to be the cutoff, and then we will be releasing our awards poll. so it's coming down to crunch time, like, and we're almost at a, a full year of this show. Yeah, dude. Episode is about to come up, like, yeah, big things, and also, like, dude, our show's been killing it this year, like, what we've done, what, like, over 10,000 listeners Yeah, year?
0: we're, like, I think we're at, like, 11,000 now.
1: Man. I mean, we're, like, one of the newest shows on our network, and we're definitely the flagship. Oh,
0: man. That's
1: what you get when you get the young boy and uh, Mr. Social Suplex himself, Jeremy Donovan. That's what
0: happens when you get top
1: talent. Top talent. But, no, yeah, this this year's been great, and uh, we're looking forward to Power Struggle coming up and looking forward to, you know, our awards polls and, you know... We've got some other... uh, New categories. we got new categories. we also got some new ventures that are going to kind of expand the Keeping a Strong Style brand in the near future. Yeah. So there's some good stuff on the horizon. And um, the way that this show keeps growing is you guys sharing it and you guys telling people about it.
0: Yeah. Tweet it, share it, upvote it, do what you got to do to spread the word.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, if you really like our show, then... You know, you should DM the uh, the hosts of other uh, podcasts and tell them how crappy they are. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> uh, I happen to know that someone recently and you know who you are you're listening
0: <laughs> oh man
1: i was listening to uh yeah another show and they, they mentioned something that there's some similar verbiage to some dms that we had also gotten <laughs> and i was like this man's a fool <laughs> <laughs> no but um that's not how we get over the way we get over is you guys sharing us and tweeting us and uh you know engaging with us and rating us and Jeremy, you,
0: you've got a whole spiel about it, so. Yeah, um, you know, next week we'll be back with, you know, more super junior tag league coverage, all of this news. You can connect with us on Twitter. The show is at KI Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan, social suplex at social suplex. On Facebook, we are Facebook.com slash social suplex. You can also join us in the Wrestling Squared Circle group, Facebook.com slash group slash wrestling squared circle. On Reddit, I am the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. You can also email me, Jeremy, at socialsuplex.com if you want to have any questions for the show or you want to get involved with Social Suplex. Make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland, The Outsider's Edge, featuring Rance, Carl, and Kyle, and our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling Grown men watch this shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryant. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review. Until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time.